Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. And you can also pick up the phone, new number 0818104106. All of the newspapers this morning are dominated by the tragic death and savage killing and murder of uh, Ashling, Ashling Murphy, young teacher, uh, while she was out for a jog. And as the Red Tops put it this morning, there's been a very, very um, serious update overnight. Her killer is still on the loose. The man being held for questioning by the Gardaí was the wrong man being quizzed over the teacher's killing. That's a very, very sad and worrying update because whoever did kill her has had 24 more hours now to get away. So as the Gardaí are saying this morning, or at least one source is saying, it's back to the drawing board. Mail this morning talks of it, as does the Mirror. The Mirror says, Ashling killer on the loose, manhunt after suspect released without charge, and tribute after tribute after tri- tribute to the beloved teacher strangled while out on a run. She was incredibly talented. I mean, she was a superb uh, violin player, uh, played, um, you know, classical and also traditional, beautiful traditional fiddle player. She played uh, flute. Uh, tin whistle and was learning the notoriously difficult uh, Illin pipes as I can speak from experience myself um, she's so talented and so loved and the tributes make all of the papers today uh, she was a um, uh, beautiful beautiful young girl uh, the man who was being questioned by the Gardaí has now been eliminated from inquiries uh, she was our youngest little angel she was a rock that's a headline uh, from her parents in this morning's Irish Independent. And so many beautiful photographs. There's a lovely photograph in the papers this morning, beautiful photograph of Ashling with her entire family uh, on her graduation day. And just looking at her parents alone, they are beaming uh, with pride and joy at her achievement in college. And uh, off she went then to become a primary school teacher. Apparently the last thing she said every morning when she was going out the door um, her mom was in the house she said I love you ma'am and many of us can relate to that as our sons and daughters go about their business and go about their lives horror at brutal killing uh, says the Echo this morning in fact they quote uh, Mary Crilly from the Sexual Violence Centre in Cork in quite some detail she says I just think it's heartbreaking I wish in a sense there was a checklist where you could offer women like, like say things like you do A, B, C and D and you'll be safe but she says that's no longer the case. So it's page after page, book of condolence after book of condolence, light and candlelight and vigil after vigil. And in Cork, there's a walk scheduled in memory of Ashling this Saturday, tomorrow at half past nine at the Atlantic Pond in Porky Cueve. This is half nine in the morning tomorrow. Uh, then at two o'clock, uh, Rosa Cork will hold a standout uh, outside Brown Thomas on Patrick Street. And good luck to them. Uh, on both of those. So that's the story from this morning's Echo. Where, where do I stop on this? Because it literally dominates all of the newspapers. Time after time after time, uh, women victims of, uh, uh, in, in this case, and in way too many others, murder. 13% of women who are murdered are murdered by strangers that they just do not know. Ashling should have been safe. She should have made it home, is a quote. And a very heavy-hitting uh, and powerful article uh, from Liz Dunphy in The Examiner. She went to Tullymore, Tullymore, and she says, those that knew her described her as kind, beautiful, fiercely talented, an all-rounder, who was popular, a brilliant musician, a keen camogie player. She jogged on that canal to keep up her training, like many people do every day. And she goes in then to talk to many of the locals and residents in the area. So the figure of 244 needs to be 
um, you know, burned into all of our brains because 244 women died violently in Ireland since 1996. So it's very, very tragic. The Gardaí are, as we say, back uh, to the drawing board, as they said themselves, for the hunt for her killer. And we'll have to see what happens in the hours, days ahead. Um, in other news, lads, um, of course, oh, COVID dominates as it does. Um, sadly, I suppose we'd prefer to have the COVID stories on the front page rather than the death of poor Ashling. But there you have it nonetheless. But it seems as if Stephen Donnelly is kind of half hinting now at this stage that the fact that half a million people a week are probably being infected with the virus will soon be at a stage of population immunity. It's kind of like the herd immunity of old. Uh, with half a million people a week being infected, they're saying maybe by the very beginning of February uh, we'll be able to lift all restrictions. And he's even hinting that they could scrap the 8pm curfew on pubs next week. So that's quite interesting in that regard. Remember my conversation yesterday with uh, Donal, the son of the one and only Jeremiah Cronin, the long-standing Cork Echo Boy, as they call him in the Echo this morning. It's a lovely tribute because the Echo thankfully picked up on the story yesterday. I'm delighted to say. And Donald O'Keefe writes a beautiful story about the late Jeremiah Cronin who died of the last couple of days, just short of his 86th birthday. Remember he was on the air yesterday, his son Donald, telling us about Jeremiah. He started selling newspapers at the age of 11. Well, I didn't know yesterday in the conversation, I know Donald said that uh, his dad's marriage broke down, but he said that Jerry, his dad, raised their six children on his own. And he says, and Donald says in the Echo today, that he recalled uh, he was a kind and generous father, uh, who was of his generation, uh, rarely showing emotion, just getting on with it. Beautiful photographs in this morning's Echo. Donald is there next to a dad. Uh, not sure where it was taken. I know they were up at the barn when he was presented with the signed jersey from the Glen Rovers footballers. Uh, but it's amazing to see um, the fantastic uh, photograph from the Glen Rovers uh, team on the front of the papers at Perlers, I'd imagine, um, at the front of the paper this morning, uh, a full-colour shot, and he's beaming from ear to ear. Uh, other stories then involving the, the family and homes, of course, is uh, the like of, because of the ridiculous price of housing and rent, a third of young, young adults are still living with their parents. I hope they're happy out. And when we say living with their parents, we're saying those between, uh, say, 25 and 29 still living with their parents. Uh, Andrew's been stripped of all of his titles. He's also uh, you know, been told not to use um, any kind of royal insignia whatsoever or royal terminology. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, he's being sued in, in a civil action by um, uh, Ms. Dufresne, Dufresne, and it means that he needs to be sued as a private individual as opposed to a member of the monarch. So it's kind of an interesting one. And, and though this, this story with regards to rubbish. There's a thing now called retro rubbish, which means that um, you literally can still find rubbish from the 60s, 70s and 80s. And that's what they've done. Apparently a group of volunteers along Dollymount Beach were cleaning the beach and came across uh, and the photographs make the papers today retro rubbish from the 1970s. Like they came across marathon wrappers. Now marathon was what Snickers is now, uh, but it hasn't been called marathon for a long, 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 long time. Bottles of Quicks from the 1970s. Quicks, of course, is a washing up liquid. Uh, they also found Wash and Shine, another product which, of course, involves heavy duty plastic bottles. Um, but they found a Tato Smoky Bacon Crisp bag from the days when the price was printed on the packet in the factory. And in this case, the Tato Smoky Bacon Crisp bag had a 10p price on it. They also found Monster Munch uh, with a price on it for 20 pence. 
And I don't know how many people remember, don't know if they do them anymore, KP Space, Alien Spacers, dated from June the 7th, 1986. So a lot from the 80s, but sadly, an awful lot too from the 1970s. They call it retro rubbish. Um, if you keep comics, I wouldn't call them rubbish when you hear that a single page from a 1984 Spider-Man comic book has recently sold for nearly three and a half million dollars. The page was the original artwork by the artist and it's a Spider-Man with a black costume uh, for the first time. So that single page went to auction for three and a half million. A fragile thing, a page, isn't it? When it's worth that kind of money. Papers also say that the jackpot has to be won. It absolutely is a clincher for someone tomorrow. So all of the red tops are talking about that today. If you're not in, you can't win. And it's never too late, as we found out yesterday on air. Um, anyway, there's stories with regards to the... Um, um, the, the stories with regards to the lotto need to end because it's rolled on for far too long at this stage, hasn't it? The Neil Prenderville Show. So, morning all. Um, can I just say also that today, uh, Red FM, right across the day, are celebrating turning 20 years old this weekend. 20 years on the air. And with that in mind, we are giving away 200 euro cash Every day this week, okay? Every single, sorry, every single hour today to celebrate turning 20 years old. So we're also playing, and the lads will play an awful lot more than me, but they're playing music from 20 years ago as well on the air right across the day today. But how do you win uh, the 200 euro? Well, you're got to, there are number ones that I'm playing, and I'll be playing three different number ones across the morning. So the first one. Um, is uh, and we're talking 2002 number ones from 2002 so for 200 euro a little later on this morning when you hear this song in its entirety call and 10 wins on 0818104106 what's the song you're asking Alright, that of course is Atomic Kitten and the Tide is High, cover of the Blondie song. I'll play it sometime this morning between now and midday. It's worth 200 euro cash. Okay, lines open 0818104106. Unfortunately, I hate to start with such a sad story, but it has to be done and people have to be reminded of the life and times that we live in, particularly women. And God knows I have a lot of texts and emails and a lot of people who are very, very unhappy. Orla, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Um, I have... Um, in front of me um, quite an amount of detail of two different incidents that happened to you and they're absolutely horrific and uh, th- you know we were chatting about it this morning um, myself and Emer and Brenda and the likes and, the, and no woman feels sa- safe ever when she is out walking and it seems as if that can be said by both by day and by night now would you agree? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, I suppose in the incidents that I faced, um, you know, I was going about my daily life, something, you know, something so normal, and yet violence found me, um, as with many women. Um, and even since my post went up, I've I've had countless women contact me with their stories as well. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's terrible that that's what we face in our daily lives. Yeah, fair play to you. Well done for sharing. Difficult and at all as it was. I hope it didn't trigger anything with you, but um, you, you, you spoke of a man who pulled a knife on you. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, this, uh, this was just two years ago. Yeah, so it would have been early 2020. Um, and look, to be honest, Neil, I don't want to get into the specifics. I'm happy um, to go anywhere you want to go and stay away from anywhere you want to stay. So I leave that totally up to you. That's that's perfect. I mean, I've I've gone through the the Guardian investigation, um, so I don't want 
the person I identified. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, look, I was doing an activity, um, something that I loved, um, something that would have always felt safe to me in my community. And, um, yeah, a, a man pulled a knife on me. Um, face on. Um, I was inches from the knife. Um, and I remember at the time I had stuff in my hands and my initial thought was I can't protect myself. Um, so I suppose I didn't realise at the time how much of an impact that had on me. Um, you know, I suppose I, I felt lucky that I came out of it unscathed. You know, there was no physical injuries. Um, it was just the emotional side of it. And... I, I, I'm slow to ask you any questions about it whatsoever to respect your privacy and your wishes. You, did you run away? I'm, I'm, I'm just curious. Yeah, Good so I, I I ran away um, okay. and he actually followed me. Um, and now, thankfully, my, my husband and my father were close by. They didn't see what happened, um, but they saw me coming out pretty distraught. Um, I just broke down crying. I couldn't stop shaking. Um, we went to to the nearby Garda station um, and gave statements and th- and they followed up. Um, and I suppose I, you know, I it happened on a Thursday night and on the following Monday I went back to work um, because I, you know, I suppose I wanted to get back to my normal life. Um, and then in work I had a phone call from Anglesey Garda, Garda station They'd read the file um, and they said, look, we really encourage you to, to, to get support about what had happened. Um, and I actually broke down in work crying. I had a full-on breakdown. Um, so I, I left work. I couldn't stop crying. Um, my body just didn't feel like my own body. It was like I was stuck in this fight or flight kind of mode constantly tense. Um, now, thankfully, I I reached out to the support after crime service, which is on Anglesey Street. That's right. I, I rang them and I said, I, I, I need to see someone. It is really urgent. Now, thankfully, within 20 minutes, they, they fit me in. And I have to say, Neil, they were amazing. I think the, the service that they do, they don't get enough credit. And I think if I didn't go there, I honestly think my mental health would have taken a, a really bad dip. Um, and I since then went to the GP um, and I'd been on medication as well okay. because Just the physical effects from the, the incident. Yeah. Um, sadly... Uh just a year, a year before that, mm-hmm. um, sorry now, Orla, but the year before yeah. that you were on a bus, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some, um, and some guy started hassling you on the bus. Yeah, um, I had been working in town, so I was on the bus home. Um, like many women, you know, in, in on the bus or even when we're out walking on public spaces, we put in our earphones, so I would have had my earphones in. The bus was fairly busy um, because it would have been in around that time, I think just after six. Um, so people would have been coming home, going home from work. Um, and initially he was behind me, um, but because I had my earphones in, I didn't really pay too much attention, but I could feel, you know, someone fairly close to me behind me. Okay. He then sat next to me. Um, started asking me my name, uh, where I was going. When I didn't 
returned the attention he so badly wanted, he got aggressive. Now, I had asked him, please go away, please leave me alone. Um, and that just made him more aggressive to the point where he pushed up against me so hard that I slammed my head against the window. I He eventually got off at a bus stop. And there was I no intervention him. up to that point, no, from anyone? No. No, were there people? Sadly. Were there people there? No, I suppose Neil, and it is, you know, I suppose in that circumstance, I would love to think that I'd be the person to say, "Hang on a second or go up to the bus driver." But unfortunately, people don't for whatever reason, and I can understand people don't want to get involved in these things, for, you know, for various reasons. But no one said anything, um, so he eventually got off at a bus stop. I waited a, a couple of more stops, and I got off. I rang my father, who had been driving nearby, and I asked him to pick me up. I bawling, crying. I just wanted to go home. I, you know, I was very kind of upset. Um, now, thankfully, my dad had the peace of mind to say, no, we need to go to the, the bus driver. We need to get the details because you need to go to the Gardaí. So we eventually tracked down the, the bus. Um, I was at a stop and took the de- driver's details went to the Gardaí, made a statement. It turns out, Neil, that the CCTV on the bus had been broken that night, so it wasn't done. Then the CCTV at the stop where I originally got on on at town, that was turned in a different direction. So there was no CCTV. No one came forward. Um, The driver didn't see or didn't hear anything. Um, So I never got a real tangible outcome um, and look I, I'm kind of at, in a weird way I'm kind of at peace with it now um, you know it's something that happened I've you know I've gotten on numerous buses since I'm very happy for you in, in that regard I truly am but I worry awfully about the next woman that he will approach yeah. or, or harass or the, the guy with the knife and the next woman that he will approach and harass mm-hmm. or indeed might you know I don't, don't want to upset mm-hmm. anybody particularly don't want to upset you because you've been very kind to even chat with me at all, but we could have a, a result with you know the, with like we had with yeah. with poor Ashling, you know. Yeah, and that look, I, I I put up the post yesterday because I suppose you know, and look, heartfelt sympathies go go to her family, her her friends, her community. They're they're grieving at this time, and you know it's it, it's so such a sad thing to happen. Um, but unfortunately, I suppose the point of my post was. I'm not shocked that these things happen because we as a society, you know, we don't respond to the level that's required. The political system doesn't respond to the violence against women that's required. So it and is what, such a sad and monstrous, monstrous thing to happen. And, and, and what, what should the response be? Have more treatments for people who, let's say, they're psychologically disturbed? Is it, does it involve, say, reviewing bail so... Uh, perhaps in the case where these individuals are known to guardian of history, aren't out on bail? Um, is it faster court appearances? Is it stricter sentencing? I, I Look, I don't have all the answers. Yeah. But, I mean, it, I, I suppose it, we need to stop it from getting to that stage in terms of the sentencing. Maybe it's a, it's a cultural, it's a societal thing that, that needs to be addressed. I mean, look, one of the things, and I was doing a bit of research last night is you know how 
how many um, domestic violence refuges we have. Um, you know, we're supposed to have 498 ref- refuge spaces. Um, we currently have 140. So, like, if that that's so that's an indicator on how the political system responds to violence against women. That's right. Yeah. Like, there you have it. I mean, and just another one as well, which like is completely shocking. Between September and December 2020, 808 requests for refuge went unmet. Okay. And does that so, mean in all those cases they stayed in places of danger? More, more often than not, they do. Yeah. So where do you go from there? You I know. know. And, I know. and it's unfortunate. Look, it takes... Like, the reality is women are fed up because I suppose it takes something like what happened to Ashling for, you know, people to sit up and recognise that these are the things that we're living with day in, day And out. also, not too far from where she lost her young life, mm-hmm. of course, so did Fiona Pender. And her case remains unsolved, like many others. Yeah, exactly. And look, Neil, this is happening all the time. I mean, you know, Anna Creedal raped and murdered in 2018, aged 14. Mm-hmm. Nadine Lott attacked and murdered in 2019, aged 30. Sarah Everard kidnapped, raped and murdered in 2021, aged 33. And now Ashling Murphy attacked and murdered in 2022, aged 23. In a public place, yeah. as you said in your beautiful post, with the sky of daytime over our head, in the middle of the day. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, I, I suppose for, for someone like myself that has gone through something so traumatic, um, you know, I it was really it brought it all home yesterday when I was I, I couldn't get Ashling out of my mind. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Because I'm 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 one of the lucky ones. It's a very split second for something to go horribly wrong, and I wouldn't have been here today. You know, yeah. um, Larissa Nolan in the in the, I think it's the Mail this morning has a, a, a very interesting insight into the mind of a woman when she is out. Um, she herself said that, and, and it's such a shocking thing that the thought that went through her head when she was on the street around where she lived, going out for a run recently, there was just her and one man, uh, and and I, I almost feel sorry for the poor man, like who was going about his business. But her thought was. I'm on this street on my own with him and she thought he could murder me. Like, I, I never think that as I walk around anywhere, day or night. He could murder me, she could murder me. But there was a post that Emer shared with me where she says, and do you mind if I just read it? Because I'm sure you can, you may well have heard it. Every woman you know has taken a longer route, has doubled back on herself, has pretended to dawdle by a shop window, has held her keys in her hand, has made a fake phone call has rounded a corner and run. Every woman you know has walked home scared. scared. Every woman you know. Um, This this is part of being a woman. Yeah? Yeah, exactly. And I I was talking to one of my friends last night and, you know, when we were in college, I was the only person living on the south side. They were all north side. And I remember just, you know, it was a thing of text us when you get home safe and, you know, like take the details of the, the taxi man so look and send it on to us. Um, like, I mean, even on social media last night, there was even women sharing their tips on how they stay safe. There's women going out for a jog, for a run, that actually carry mini bottles of hairspray because that if there's an attacker comes up that they can use that. I mean, Neil, that is just like that is a terrible thing to do. I mean, you certainly wouldn't have thought of, 
you know, how to protect yourself if you're going out for a jog or a No, you see, you're things. describing a, a woman's checklist. doesn't yeah. exist for a man, but it's all of the things they have to do before they close their front door behind them. Yeah, yeah. It's something, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a privilege to go out and go for a jog in a, or run in your community and not have to think of these things where we do. Very, very sad, isn't it? What's going to be done to change things? I mean, they were saying on primetime last night, they had a very strong female panel on primetime, where they were saying it all goes back to school and, and teaching consent. Um, you know, that, that's, that's, that's consent, isn't it, for uh, boys and girls as they, you know, go through their early life. This is, is, this, is this about teaching consent or is this, this is just base criminality and murder? I think it's in a different department entirely, isn't it? I mean, I, I think these things would help, um, you know, addressing that that kind of toxic masculinity. Like, the, the, the reason that the incident happened to me was because a man thought he was free to inflict that kind of violence upon me. And he had this, you know, he had this kind of um, thought without fear or consequence. And unfortunately, in my circumstances, he, there was no consequences. Yeah, they were they were cautioned and... You know, well, one person was. The other guy is still out, out there, and I don't know whatever came about. You know, he he could still be doing the exact same. And the thing. caution was for the knife, was it? The knife guy. The caution was for the knife. Yes. Because I, I, I mean, I'm just parking your case 100%. There are countries where anyone carrying a knife in, in public, it's an automatic jail sentence because you have no reason to have a knife in public whatsoever. You know, it's not as if you, like you can you can't come up with an excuse that would allow you to have a six inch blade or whatever the case may be but you were you want you were you must have been on i mean i won't even go into it don't answer if you don't want to but you must have been very upset with the caution were you um i mean given the circumstances of the incident itself i i was upset because i mean the, the absolute trauma that i faced i i actually don't think i could put into words how i felt how i still feel i mean Yesterday was the first time in two years that I spoke to someone and to be fair, it was Joan Loki from The Echo that, that reached out to me and we had a conversation for 20 minutes. And mm. Afterwards, I, I actually was shaking. It was the first time in two years that, and I, I this sounds ter- terrible, but I, I actually wanted to be kind of on medication again. I just felt my body was having the same reaction to the trauma as it did back in two years ago. So, I mean, that that person will never know how I feel, how I felt when it happened. Um, so, I mean, yeah, in, in that case, I, I am, you know, hurt and I suppose I, I do feel let down by the system. I mean, the you know, the individual guardy, they were amazing. There's one particular guard and she, she really followed up and she checked in on me and I think she went above and beyond, you know, her call of duty. But unfortunately, it's the system that lets us down um, so I think system change really has to happen um, and that comes from societal change yeah. political system everything needs to change well. including in yeah. your own case somebody correctly is pointing out there with, and I'll let you go then I promise somebody's pointing out there that you know why is it why is it the CCTV is always broken on the bus when mm-hmm. something has happened to people isn't it all about duty of care it doesn't seem very important but even the small things like that you know it's like the broken window 
CCTV should always be working everywhere, shouldn't it? It should always yeah. be maintained. It is critical. It's like making sure that a defibrillator is always working. It's so important. 100%. I mean, if the incident on the bus had had a nasty turn and I wasn't here today, my final moment wouldn't have been properly recorded okay. because yeah. no one came forward. The CCTV was, the CCTV was broken. Um so, I mean, like, there you go. The Gardaí have limited kind of resources to work with as well. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, the CCTV being on and, you know, working and pointed in the right direction, that's the basic that, that should happen. That's right. And and just finally, definitely finally then, it, well, an interesting text saying, Neil, remember, sometimes, you know, with nobody intervening on the bus in your case, mm-hmm. sometimes people, they say, are afraid to intervene in case it's a couple, it might be a domestic case, and they're just fighting in public, and that, that could be one of the reasons. I understand that. It's hard to read a situation sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I mean, there was a... Like when I was on the bus and when the man was sitting next to me, I remember staring in front of me at the the back of the head of a man and just willing him with all my might just to turn around and to say, stop, leave her alone. Or just to say, you know, come down and sit with me or something. I just wanted someone to intervene. And that never happened. And look, you know, I don't, I don't blame anyone on the bus. You know, sometimes they don't want to get involved because it could turn nasty. Something, you know, serious could oh, happen. I know, I know. But, you know, it's, it's, it's You couldn't get the words out for shock. Oh, I couldn't. And no. even I like to plead with the person nicely. You know, please go away, leave me alone. I was visibly upset, um, and that just made him even more aggressive. I know, I know. Listen, Orla, thank you so much for coming on air. Very difficult. I hope you haven't found it too traumatic, but I appreciate your call and everybody listening does as well. Um, Look after yourself, all right? Thanks very much, Neil. I appreciate it. You're the greatest. Take care, Orla. Bye. Bye, bye-bye. Neil's got a new number. Call him now on 0818 Yes, indeed. And you can text 08, uh, sorry, apologies, 0868 104 106. I'm just looking at texts coming in and uh, it's amazing the amount of them. Uh, they're all hard reading, I can tell you that. I just wanted to text to let everyone know that women are terrified, be it in a car, on her own, at night, walking at any time of the day, going to an upstairs toilet in a restaurant. Imagine, uh, like just inside in a restaurant, standing up from your seat, might be with friends, and walking to an upstairs toilet and you're on alert. We are terrified. I'm 45 years old, an educated mum of two. When I was 13, our local delivery milkman would drop milk to our home and take the opportunity to rub and grope me or my sister. When I was 18 in college, a male friend, inverted commas, assaulted me. When I was 22 on my way to college on a bus, I was rubbed up all the way to Cork and the fear of God was in me all the way. For all the men uh, who women meet while walking, let me tell you that while we are walking towards you, we are terrified. We are planning our escape route. I'm so upset but relieved that the magnitude is coming out. Please don't give my name or details. It's uh, to all the beautiful ladies, the mums, the daughters, stay safe. I mean, it's going over in my head all of the time, the constant state of alert um, for things that, say, I or a man uh, would just not think twice about Um and again, that's, you know, you, of course you think about it for all women, but you think about clearly everything is personal to 
all of us. So therefore, you think about it. Your about your say your own daughter or your own female friends or your acquaintances or your your work colleagues. Uh, just commenting on the horrible murder of poor Ashling. My partner shares her location with me at all times on the Find My app on my iPhone. Just goes to show the fear that they have alone out there. Um, it's again, you know, again, that's that, that checklist that women must do as they go about their life, you know, and it includes, you know, somebody else being able to view their phone and their location on a map. Uh, can't go on the air because I'm in work, but as, as a woman, I'm sick of being unsafe. I've been spiked. I've had my skirt pulled up um, by, by bar workers in Cork. I've had men randomly walk past me and put their hand up my skirt. I've been physically assaulted by an ex. I've been followed. I'm the only person. I'm, I'm only one person. So this behavior has to stop. Women have to have the right to feel safe. Uh, and one or two more. It's sick. People do these types of crimes. Uh, it's anti-man time now. Yeah, it's not all men. It's not all men, but it's too many. That's what they say. And you are right when you talk about, you know, the sickness of a person's brain. And, and I don't know whether or not a lot of people who commit these crimes are psychologically disturbed or insane. or I don't know how many of them are under the influence of very, very heavy narcotics where they are completely and utterly out of their head. I don't know how much that plays into it. Um, but and, and then, of course, you hear way too often of, of uh, people who are out on bail. And, and this is not an issue for the Gardaí, of course. They're just following the laws that have been given to them. It's, uh, it's, it's, and it's probably not even for the judicial uh, section, sector, because they, they can't change them. This is a matter for government and less of the platitudes and the talking shops uh, and more action, really, um, with regards to getting... I mean, it's all about getting tougher, I suppose. You know, you hear all morning talking and about you know the things that could be done and, and should be done but it's the women we need it's women we need to listen to I'm telling you that uh, Councillor Fiona Ryan is with the Solidarity People Before Profit on Side, and I was telling you that there's going to be a standout this Saturday afternoon outside Bron Thomas Fiona good morning Good morning, Neil. Thanks for having me no, on. It's my pleasure. Unfortunately, it's such a sad topic to be dealing with yet again. Uh, and just on on tomorrow, that's outside BT on Patrick's Street. What time, Fiona? 2 p.m. There, there's actually two events on tomorrow, um, and I would encourage anyone to make either one of them. Um, there's our event that's on outside Brown Thomas, 2 p.m., but there's also um, a walk-organized meeting, 9.30 a.m., outside the Atlantic Pond, yeah. which is a very popular running spot. I think it's a very poignant uh, place, I think, for people to, yes. to meet and mourn and obviously um, uh, come together on this. this okay, you know, really okay. so that's the, just clarifying that again. Atlantic Pond at half past nine, and um, that would be two o'clock then at, at Brown Thomas. Is, is, that for, is that for women solely or anybody who feels moved enough can go to either no, or both? absolutely everyone, Neil, because I think what's crucial is while... What we've seen is an outpouring of grief, um, like the messages you've just read out, but also online, over um, this just brutal um, and unnecessary death of a young woman in the prime of her life. Um, men have to be a part of this movement to challenge a culture that allows violence against women to be so prevalent and why every woman has a story of some kind. And I think, um, you know, it, it can give comfort sometimes for, for men to think, to monster, I suppose the 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 individuals who 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 are, are you know uh, who perpetrate violence like this. 
but it's so common that it, it isn't monsters. It's your friends sometimes, you know, it's your family members. It's the people who you would never suspect in a day-to-day to be capable of violence or to be capable of course control. Um, and so I think that this is something that we encourage everyone to participate yes, in. Yes, but y- you say it, it y- you say it. Okay, you say, and we, I know you are right when you say that um, if you do the maths on it, uh, it would be 87% of murders of women are by people they know, leaving 13% of murders by, of women by strangers. So that 13% is enough for women to, as I've been hearing again this morning, be on constant alert when they're out. Absolutely. I mean, I remember um, there was a very similar outpouring of grief during the Sarah Everard case. I think precisely because so many women are steeled from childhood to think about their safety, to constantly have it on their mind. Um, I remember talking to my friends and my mother taught me how to hold a key between my fingers, you know. Did she? Um, if I needed to, to, to flee for whatever reason, I needed a weapon. And almost every single one of my friends said, oh, my mom taught me that too. Um, and I think it's just, um, it's what, why people and why women get so angry when the, the direction of the conversation gets turned to where, again, to how women can protect ourselves. Because that's the thing, we do. We go out during the day. We, um, you know, we tell our partners and our friends where we're going. And a lot of the time, like in this case, like in the Sarah Everard case, it's not enough. And I think that's why these cases really punch hard uh, and cause so much um, grief amongst us all because we can all see ourselves um, just going about our daily business and something like this happening. Um, or maybe it wouldn't be a murder, maybe it could just be a random attack or some violence or even, you know, lesser but still, you know, um, things that affect you like a catcalling, like things that make you fear for your safety. Um, these are these are common and daily for many of us. Yeah, right, so harassment as well, that's very common, yeah, name calling, um, unnecessary, un- unwarranted ap- approaches and attention, whether on the street or in a bar or a nightclub being name called things like that this is all common now common yeah and and that's the thing i mean a lot of time um when women do challenge this you know and say you know get away from me or i'm not interested or you know take it on a lot of time that can be the instigator to turn something that is verbal harassment into physical harassment um i think uh, the, the the point is i suppose is that you know, um, you mentioned our, 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 is it just for women or are men welcome? And absolutely, I think men are welcome because I think this isn't a question of panic buttons or how else women can reorganize their lives to try and make ourselves safer. There has to be, there has to at some point address the culture of it. And do you think if it were addressed that there will be a time when women won't have to be constantly on alert um, and having to learn how to hold the key between their finger, their knuckles? Um, taking self-defense classes. Will, will, is there a time when that will all end? How? I think we have to strive towards that, and a lot of that is going to be towards making a, a accountability culture within men's culture themselves, where you have, it can start off as something simple, for example, a, a WhatsApp group. So, you know, you mentioned statistics there. Statistically speaking, if you have a WhatsApp group of 10 friends who are lads, one of them has probably perpetuated physical violence against a woman at some point, and three of them have probably engaged in some form of psychological or coercive control against the partner. That's the statistics bear that out, you know. It's 14% in terms of physical violence and 31% in 
in terms of um, you know psychological. Well, one in ten men. Say that again. That one in ten men have what exactly? So fourteen percent. Um, uh, basically, um, have have uh, women, I suppose, have indicated that they have experienced, um, you know, domestic violence of some kind, and that's actually quite a conservative figure. There are other figures that say more, and thirty one percent have uh, experienced psychological uh, uh, harassment. And there was, I mentioned this online, but there was a survey released by the Rotunda Hospital saying that up to one in eight of their patients experienced domestic physical violence during their pregnancy. And, and of course, we could have another full conversation then on the amount of women who then don't decide to press charges and continue to live with that violent partner, of course, and don't want a prosecution um, because they believe that he will never do it again. I think that's one element of it. But I think another element, you know, we were only speaking about this recently on the International Day of uh, Viol- uh, uh, Violence Against Women, um, that was just last month, um, is that a lot of women, uh, in terms of financial uh, and, and you know, the, the actual coercive control and how it operates, can't leave as well. I mean, it's a question of, you know, you have a man saying, you know, you, you'll be out of this house and the kids will be homeless. And, and unfortunately, a lot of the financial circumstances, especially the housing crisis, makes that a reality. So I think it's a mix of things. It's never quite so simple. And a lot of time, a woman might face years of harassment and just be completely beaten down. You know, it's, it's rarely as simple as, um, you know, uh, I think a lot, sometimes there are cases where, you know, just people, some women are just so beaten down that they can't see um, the reality of what's happening, you know, yeah. to them. Yeah. But I think a lot of the time, it's a lot more complicated than that. Yeah. Papers this morning go through all of the girls. I mean, I mentioned Fiona Pender. And there are others as well, of course. Um, one lady was arrived into Ireland from, uh, I think she came from Australia, am I right? She wasn't here 24 hours when she was brutally murdered. Um, and it, like, it only seems to be getting worse, not better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know um, what kind of a conversation we should be having about that. Yeah, and, and that's why I think the conversation has to be around um, uh, how can we affect the culture that, that, that creates so many men uh, that feel, and, and many of these, you know, many men who probably, you know, have, have friends and loved ones who would never dream that they are capable of what they do behind closed doors. Okay. Um, and, mm. and that's, as I said, you know, you were mentioned earlier on, you know, why do men do this? Why do some men do this? And I think, you know, um, Tom Marr wrote an excellent article. He was the, the husband of um, Jill Marr, who was murdered, um, about how it comforts us to monster the abuser, but I think that actually there's a lot of evil in the ba- in, 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 in in the you know the, the banality of evil is is a thing, and I think we have to, to face up to that and um, you know challenge sexism when we see it, challenge misogyny, to not look away and not to have those difficult conversations with friends you might love, um, just because. Um, you know, it, 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 it can be embarrassing or tough. You That's know, right. uh, everyone yeah, has yeah, to challenge yeah, it. Yeah. Yes, and can I just finish on that point? Because does that also involve intervention when you see something that you should intervene? I think absolutely, okay. in the sense of, well, of course, I mean, if you're seeing some physical violence, you know. Um, I think everyone uh, see a lot of things on on YouTube and and TikTok where you know someone's being physically assaulted, and everyone's saying, "Well, why did no one intervene?" But I think it goes beyond physical violence as well. I mean, it's in the WhatsApp chat logs, you know, in, in the gym, in, in school. 
Um, you know, someone might say a, a, a crude joke or make, uh, you know, uh, share uh, a video of a woman who didn't want that video to be shared yes, yes. Um, and say nothing or even laugh, you know, or, you know, they mightn't like it, but they mightn't say anything because they don't want to be that guy. But I think until everyone is that uh, guy, the, the response to that is, is not good enough to just delete it. You should delete and tell your mate, don't send me those again. Exactly. Yeah. Challenge it publicly. Yeah. You know, I think that's what's important or right. is an element of how we actually address the culture that okay. has made some men think that this is, 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 is something they'll get away with. Okay, thank you, Councillor. Thanks for taking the call. Fiona Ryan has uh, two and is organising two um, different events tomorrow. One is at the Atlantic Pond at half past nine tomorrow morning which is a solidarity walk in memory of Ashling Murphy, half past nine Atlantic Pond. And as I say, there is also a standout at Brown Thomas on Patrick's Day tomorrow at two o'clock. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Prenderville Show Certainly is Happy 20th birthday to Cork's Red FM (laughs) 20 years ago Atomic Kitten added new life and a new twist to Blondie's The Tide Is High and Caller 10 when she heard it playing was Emma Reardon from the Briery in Carrigaline. so congratulations to you Emma you probably didn't realise it when you woke up this morning that you were going to be 200 euro cash richer by 10 in the morning but you've just won 200 euro cash so well done right across the day today we are playing every hour songs from 2002. Number one's from 2002. Uh, when you hear it, and I'll do another one between now and 11, it'll be Enrique Iglesias uh, and his song Heroes. And when you hear that, call it 10 wins again. All right, so that's a little later on this morning, right across there. We've got two grand in total celebrating Cork's Red FM turning 20 years on air this weekend. Now, in other housekeeping business, it's also a free food Friday today. Why wouldn't it be? Friday wouldn't be the same without Oak Fire Pizza vouchers. Uh, so for you guys, we have free food that'll feed up to 15 of you. It's the big large pizzas with the garlic breads and uh, potatoes, uh, dips, drinks, desserts. 15 of you will be fed. They're the big large ones, as I say. So text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 106. And if you're getting pizza this weekend, check out Oak Fire Pizza, Real Wood Fire Pizza in Clonakilty, Bandon, Princess Street, Gillabby Street, and Douglas. So text now, text 086 106, who you are and where you are. And off we go with the shout outs in about a quarter of an hour. And finally, Satori Clinic have given me these 150 euro vouchers every day this week. Two winners, not one, two winners. Uh, daily prize, and you can head down there for acupuncture or a cupping, uh, moxibustion is another treatment down there, acupressure, loads of different therapies and skills there, so 150 euro voucher. So, new you, new year, and again, there's something to do with new in the song titles or the artists. So, three songs, please identify them when I open the phone line later in the correct order. So, it's all got to do with new. Have a listen. Everybody loves you. Right. I said, hey, turn me forever. Turn me around. All 
right, I'll give those another spin between now and uh, midday and then open the phone lines and call at 10 and 11 win 150 euro vouchers for Satori Clinic at Langford Row. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Right, lads, the 200 euro is gone. Um, Emma Reardon, as I say, won it at the Briary in Carrigaline, so congratulations. So stop calling for that, but I'll be doing it again in the next 45, 50 minutes, okay? You're listening out for, well, this is the song, okay? 20 years of Red FM, so number one's from 2002. This is the next one I'm going to be playing. Love it, I love it, I love it, I really do. Uh, text 0868104106 for all of the business. Uh, there's, um, I mean, the story of Ashling Murphy's murder uh, has not just rocked and upset and angered and broke the hearts of Irish people um, overseas as well. It's having the same effect on people. I was watching it online on different news feeds. It dominated uh, Sky News for a, a period yesterday. And uh, I'm told, I have a photograph in front of me here now because, you know, if you ever are on the tube in London... Um, they have service information um, uh, posters and one of their service information posters, maybe more than one, maybe all of them for a period of time yesterday had um, a, a massive big poster on it saying, rest in peace Ashling Murphy and it said may, may heaven be a place where you feel safe and protected by the light of the sun, you should have felt the same way on earth uh, all you wanted to do was go for a run, hearts continue to break Yesterday was already too late. It's long overdue for something to be done. Uh, thoughts and prayers to you, your family and friends uh, from um, the London Underground. I mean, it's incredibly powerful, that, isn't it? And many people are touched, not just in this country. Um, let me go back to my phone lines, if, if you will allow. Sinead, good morning. Hi, good morning. It's absolutely shocking, isn't it? Um, and, you, and you yourself just wanted to share your own story. So what happened? Um, it would be eight to ten years ago now since it happened. Um, I was jogging up in the city uh, by the the junction there where the prison is and the and Collins Barracks. Okay, Rathmore Road area, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was jogging along, heading down towards Dillon's Cross, and there was this group of teenagers. Um, I can't really put an age on them; it's hard to put an age on them. But um, you know, they were tall. Um, and you were you were out for a run. I was running. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. And um, the they had the, a the dog with them, and the dog went for me as I went by. So uh, you know the way the dogs do. They they went for my leg. He went for my legs, like so. I kicked out to get him away from as me. As you should do. As you should do. And next thing before I knew it, I was seeing stars because one of the one of the young fellas had given me a couple of fine punches into the side of the face. Young fellas, you're saying we're talking. I think you mentioned fourteen year olds, fifteen year olds, teenagers. Yeah, definitely not adults, but you know, teenagers. Um, he'd given me a fine couple of punches into the side of the face before I even knew it had happened, and I kind of I stood in shock. I couldn't believe it. He he ran off. Um, the, um, uh, there was a younger girl kind of hung around. She didn't know what to do. Two older boys were there, older than him, what it seemed older than him, and they said to me, it was my own fault, the dog attacked me. And I kind of stood in shock for a while, I didn't really know what to do. Yeah. I, I was, you know, my head was throbbing, so I, um, I rang the guards, I rang Mayfield Guard Station, and I was told that there were no cars available to come to my aid. 
So I kind of like that now, you know, they dispersed. I kind and of did they tell there. you anything else besides we don't have a car, Mayfield? No. Did they Did they say, w- w- but we'll call Gron or we'll contact no. Anglesey Street, stay where you no. are? No, nothing. Nothing. Did no, they ask you if car, you needed sorry. an ambulance? No, nothing. Um, I was lucky two, two colleagues were passing, so they kind of saw something was wrong. They asked me what was wrong. I told them. Um, so they brought me back to work and um, I ended up had I was black and blue. Um, my eye was black and blue all over Christmas and New Year of that year. And for the next few days, you know, I'd be passing and I'd see him. I'd see the young fellow that did it and I'd ring the guards. And each time it was a case of, oh, we're in the middle of a, a changeover or we have no cars available. Like they never, they, I felt really let down. Really let down. Oh, and and so you should them. feel really let down. And, and I'm hoping that if that was acceptable 10 years ago, that that's not the kind of reaction you'd get today. Yeah. I'd hope not anyway, but they just they didn't have any interest in helping me out. Um, and as I said, each time I'd see him in the area and I'd really like to look, I was assaulted just before Christmas. And I can see him. I know where he is now. And they were always too busy. Do do they perhaps think it's absolutely pointless um, ha- having anything to do with the minor? Fo- that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. You know, and of course, if I had maybe tried to defend myself, or if I had, you know, punched him back in self-defence, sure, I would be the one in court. I would be the one fined. I'd be the one he'd be trying to sue, or his, you know, his parents would be trying to sue. Correct, because he'd have the witnesses. You see, on his side, you wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. So I just I felt very let down because I always felt very confident. I was always out jogging on my own. I would be mountain biking on my own. I was always a very confident person that I could defend myself. But considering a you know a teenager, uh, struck me so hard that he blackened my face. I it did it did rock me. I was very shook by. I it. can understand why. And of course, you carried the scars of it and the black and blues for weeks. And tell me, are you still as confident? When you go out and about, um, do you have a, a, a describing it almost like a checklist that women have to go through? Do you have that? I would. I'd always. I'm always aware. Like I wouldn't dream of having earphones in, walking or running or cycling anywhere now. I never. I would never have earphones in, no matter what I'm doing, unless I'm in my own house safe. I never put earphones in. I always make sure I'm aware of my surroundings. But that that strikes me. Uh, that that sounds to me as if that you you don't have them in because you're always on alert. Always on alert, always, yeah. I'd always know myself, and I'm always warning my daughter, always be aware of your surroundings, always know who's around you, what's going on around you. Don't ever, like, just put your face in your phone and walk along a street. Always know what's happening. Did you ever think about getting, um, uh, learning self-defense or doing a self-defense class yourself and your daughter? Um, I did take one job for years, but then I ended up with a knee, a knee injury. Um, and I, I have contemplated going back to some form of uh, boxing fitness type of a thing. It's awful to have to say that, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a strong enough woman. I am. Um, but still, it, when it comes to somebody assaulting you like that, and you feel so helpless, no matter how strong a person you are, you will always, like mentally, you will always feel weak and yes, helpless. Yes, I know what you're saying. And that's why when you pick up the Gardaí, you want them to... Yeah, Come to you your expect aid. them to help, you expect them to be there, but they, you know, I know they have more important things to do, but at that time, for me, I was very, 
Uh, I you know, I, I, just, I just kind of very shook. I, I understand. Yeah. Go and deal with yeah. Babby. Thank you so much for taking the Sorry call. Have a, have a lovely Sorry. weekend, Sinead. Mind yourself. Thank you, you too. Take Bye. care. Taking time, taking time out of her busy day, uh, Mary Crilly, who's the director of the Sexual Violence Centre in Cork. Mary, good morning. Morning, Neil. Morning. Here, here we are again, um, yet again, and another tragedy, uh, another murder another young girl who, who who managed to squeeze so much into her young, young life. I mean, she was an incredible powerhouse of activity and love, but now she's gone. Um, I think like you and like the rest of the country, I think I'm stunned and I'm angry and I'm weary of it. And I'm tired of women having to kind of carry keys with them, you know, listening to the Black Rock Runners on the news last night. Very active women who just go out running who'd say they wouldn't go out without keys or without something else in their hand. Um, I think we're all very tired of that. And what I am doing is I'm really asking the men of Ireland to stand up and change things because they're the ones who can change it. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, are, the, are these kind of lone wolves, though, in, in the way that they behave? I mean, do we, have a, do we have any research at all that goes into the psychological profiling of these killers? Do you know? I'm, I'm sure we do, but I was very taken by something that um, was said on, on the TV last night by Women's Aid where... You know, she said that she was working in a bar at one stage for quite a long time where men would talk about different things. Men would talk about their friend who was very abusive to their partners. But then when he came to join them, they all went silent and they said nothing. And that's what we need to stop. We need to stop the silence. And we need to stop this rubbish about um, not all men, you know, this hashtag and this handle. Because we all know it's not all men. And we're tired of saying we know it's not all men. And it turns into that very often, kind of, well, it's not all men. We know this. There's nobody in the country who doesn't know. There's a very small minority of men who are raping, who are abusing women, who are abusing men. Tiny minority. So we need to start calling them out instead of turning into a big campaign about, well, you know, it's not all men because that deviates and diverts from the horror that's after happening. And I think whether a young girl is raped and murdered at 9 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the day, or 10 o'clock, it's the same thing. Somebody has decided to do this. It's not a random thing that somebody just decides out of blue I'm going to murder somebody because, as I say, the most men will not rape and they wouldn't dream of murdering. So they're not going to just do it randomly because they see somebody running. And we need just to change the conversation. And, you know, it was very heartened this morning. I felt a bit tired coming in this morning and um, I saw that a man had called in, a man in his 40s or 50s with two very worn candles to give to us because we're lighting candles on the steps of the centre here at half four. And, you know, that just gave me a lift because he'd gone to the bother, he took candles at home um, and brought them in and just left them there to light for him, which I think really means a lot, because it really means yeah. some men are starting to stand up, and we want them all to stand up and say, look, the guys who are doing this are very deliberate and very righteous about it, and they will continue to do it. Um, like, I know we want something about psychology of these people. I think Keira Staunton probably knew to see would be good at that, but I would be rubbish at talking about psychology of men like this. I just know male violence continues and I think we need the men really to stand up and stop it because they are the ones who can stand up. And, and how though, I mean, how, how can men make a difference? I think by calling their friends out. I think, you know, like say I've met young men in colleges and different places over the years where they would say that their friends would brag about what they did. They'd say, I had her last night, she can't even remember it and this is a laugh and what happens is the group goes silent they won't say anything, but I'm asking them to say something to call these guys out. Like, I know murder is at the other end of the spectrum, but, I mean, violence against women starts 
in small ways starts by you know people running people being groped when they're out in the street um, women kind of walking along afraid to look behind them and you know the men behind yes. them are usually quite safe they really are but the woman doesn't know that but you see the violence or, or sexual assault or um, uh, coercive control uh, there, there are you know there are different scales obviously and, and, and murder is the ultimate one the ultimate loss of life totally but, but is, is it married into um, the un- uncontrollable drug abuse that's going on now because you can have somebody who's out of their mind I'm not talking about murder now but certainly with regards to sexual assault sexual violence consent is, is the issue consent but because we hear of steroid abuse now multi-drug abuse where people are just demented Oh, you can absolutely absolutely no doubt but I mean you've come across and, and you've come across many men or many people who had alcohol, who have drugs taken, who don't go on to abuse, who, you know, who you would be scared of because they do look as if their eyes are in the back of their head, their eyes are popping out or something. But I mean, the reality is that most people are raped by somebody who they know, somebody who manipulates them, somebody who they feel very trusting about, somebody who they say, he was like my brother, I can't believe he did it, therefore I can't report it because, you know, maybe I consented, um, it's not like him, it's out of character. But I hear that once more in court that it's out of his character to do this. It couldn't be out of his character because he did it. So we look at kind of the average kind of person who's raping and it's usually the young guy. It's a guy who kind of feels entitled to do it. It's a guy who's very deliberate about it, very definite, feels he's fair game, but won't call it rape, won't say I raped somebody, would kind of call it something else. Yeah, I mean, the statistic is that 13% of the cases that have been solved involved uh, the killing of women by strangers. Yeah. Only 13%. And they're talking about... Ah, well, that's, like two, it's, still, it's still too much. I mean, you don't... It is far too much. I mean, even the 244 women who were murdered, like, since 1997, that's far too much. And we would have come across women over the years who died by suicide who were in very violent relationships. They're not being counted. That's right. Um, that's right. And I suppose at this stage, I think, you know, we're also really good. Centre say it's 40 years here. And we're talking about, and we've been talking to you about for at least 30 odd years about this, and yeah. things are changing. And I want to give hope to people out there that things are changing. Whereas now it's time for the men to step up and really stand straight and say, I'm not having this, and really stand and confront their friends or people who they know are doing it, or to even talk more about it, have the conversation more about it, and not just about um, somebody who gets murdered during the day saying she did everything right. Does that mean the woman that gets raped at two in the morning, she did something wrong? Just to really say, this is a crime that's happening in Ireland. It's horrific. We don't want it, but it's happening. And let's just name it and stand up to the people who are doing it. Yeah, yeah clearly gender-based violence, men killing and brutally assaulting women um, and then going before. The, I mean, is there an issue for reviewing bail, reviewing the whole oh, issue totally. of faster court oh, appearances totally. and sentencing? Totally, like whether the the guy who was let go, um, whether he did it or not, he was out on bail, which is a disgrace. And you've interviewed many people over the years who have been raped by people when they were on bail. Yeah. That really has to be discussed. Yeah. And the sentencing, and how difficult it is to get to court. And, 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 and also an awful lot of the cases uh, that would be in the past also would have involved somebody who was known in the past to the Gardaí for violence or assault. Absolutely, absolutely. And even if somebody goes to the Garda station and, you know, goes to get information and wants to give a statement, maybe they're not ready to sign it. I'd ask them to make sure that wherever they do is documented. Because if you go into a Garda station and you give information but you don't proceed more with it, it mightn't be documented. So therefore, it's not there. The guards don't 
know about it. It doesn't go on Pulse. It doesn't go on anywhere. So it's about, like, let's start gathering information. Let's start gathering the reality of what's happening. And should that start in school, do you think? They were talking on primetime about consent and teaching consent to minors at a younger age. I think it totally does because I think they get it. You know, I think young people get kind of what's happening and children get, you know, about consent, about sharing toys, sharing things. It doesn't have to be done in a way that kind of feels really awkward for them or really big. Just in a matter of fact way, young boys and young girls are equal and you share and this is what you do and what you don't do. Make it part of life you know make it just part of how things are so hopefully in the future that you know there'll be more gender equality that young boys would feel shocked if a girl was treated differently than boys and that has happened in other countries and it can be done so I think today should be a wake up call for everybody while we sympathise with everybody up in Tullamore and the family in Tullamore and we'll be having um, lighting candles on the steps of the centre here at half four if anybody wants to drop in candles or do anything and I know there's um a vigil organised tomorrow morning, I think, down around the marina. Around there is, yeah, there is, yeah. yeah. There's, yeah. Well, yeah there's, there's a couple. There's um, a walk tomorrow morning at the Atlantic Pond at half past nine, and then there's a standout uh, where people will gather at Bron Thomas at two o'clock tomorrow. You're lighting, you're lighting candles, obviously. What's your address then, if people want to drop in? It's or five Camden Place, Still just by Patrick's Bridge. Yeah, that's it. Number five Camden Place. You can't miss it. Um, at, at this point in time. You, you, you're also saying that you wish I think you were quoted saying I wish in a sense there was a checklist where you could offer women say do A, B, C and D and you'll be safe but even chatting with women again this morning they do have checklists in their life they are on alert they do have to plan every single trip they are they are and, and you see I do feel sorry for the men who are kind of going out walking and who wouldn't dream of touching somebody and just so they're aware that the woman in front of them doesn't know that you know, I mean, she's afraid of all men. Like even the young woman who you done earlier saying about her daughter, she teases her daughter not to um, to be very careful not to ear- wear earphones and this kind of thing. In a way, it's teaching our daughters to be frightened, which is something we don't want to do. And we would like to turn that reality and change Te- that Teaching our daughter well. how to hold keys between her knuckles. Yeah. And I mean, the majority of men, like I say, aren't doing this, they, they wouldn't dream of doing it but the women in front of them don't know that so that's why we need the men to stand up and be counted and change things in whatever way it needs to be changed. Okay, and you, you just find you did say there very, very powerfully that men need to call out their friends who um, are, are they do. you know, they do, who brag about it yeah, yeah they yeah, do. Yeah, and th- that, would, that would include this, the sharing of you know, social media posts and photographs. And, and the jokes, you know, and, and, and the that's jokes. where the kind of stuff that we put up with. And the stuff where a guy might say, I was with somebody last night, she can't remember a thing, but it was great. Um, like, that's right. So instead of saying that he's a great guy, um, you should you should be horrified and tell him so. appropriate, because I'm sure if he said, I was with your sister last night and she can't remember it, you know, the, the you act very differently. So, that's very true. you know, this is another human being. Okay, you know, Mary, th- thanks so much for taking the call. Without a doubt, appreciate okay. it. Much obliged, thanks Mary Crilly okay. at uh, the uh, Sexual Violence Centre in Cork. Very important phone number, 1-800-496-496, 1-800-496-496. And if you want to be part of the candlelit vigil uh, this afternoon or indeed want to drop off a candle there on Camden Quay, you can't miss them, you'll see the sign there, number five. It's the Sexual Violence Centre in Cork uh, on Camden Key. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now on the new number 0818-104-106. All right. Meanwhile, Free Food Friday, courtesy of yourselves and Oak Fire Pizza, it'll feed 15 of you to text who you are and where you are to 0868-104-106. We send shout-outs to all of the counter and delivery staff at Unpost in Enniskeen and Ballonine. They're out delivering all the antigen tests this week. 
and they're working Saturday and Sunday so they can head to Bandon O'Clon for the pizza says Declan morning to you all Kinsale Community Hospital are also in touch this morning incredibly caring for my wonderful Nana these past two years says Siobhan so good morning to everybody at Kinsale Community Hospital you're a style in Cork including uh, Rebecca Cara Carolyn Emma Leon Ashling, Jade and Emma good morning to all of you working hard Altonan International Moving and Storage are listening in ovens happy 20th birthday to Elaine Holmes in Bween she's listening I'm a healthcare Worker says Pamela, I working work for Marymount. It's my son's birthday today. We love free food Friday uh, pizza. Everybody at uh, Trevor Toolhar on Victoria Road, Hickey's Pharmacy in Castle West Shopping Centre in Ballincollig. They're worn out. Um, they say we'd love to treat the colleagues. We are worn out frontline healthcare workers who need a treat. Morning to everybody at the ENT Emergency Department at the South Infirmary, Victoria. Uh, and also to everybody at Cork Airport doing PCR and antigen testing for the public. They've been listening uh, all week. They've had a long, busy week. Their, their shifts are 8am to 7pm and they'd love pizza. To all of the girls at Passage West Post Office, to everybody in Dairy Gold Accounts Payable, AP Vaughan Recycling and Tower, Horgan's Garage and Kerry Pike, um, everybody at Boots and Half Moon Street, particularly Shauna and the gang, would love pizza today. Barry at Joyce's Coles, listening at the top of Fair Hill. Um, everybody at Henderson Motors this morning. The AUHU department at CUH, the admin team. Euro Car Parts in Ducloyne, or Hurley Bacon in Ballancolig. Bridgewater Homes, Blockwall Developments in Ballanglana. Twilight News, Patrick Street and Paul Street are listening. Uh, O'Mahony Motor Factors in Yall, everybody at uh, Transport in, Balif- in Ballyvalan, including Rob, the Cope Foundation in Holly Hill, and just one or two more, Northside Tires, Little Island Dental, O'Sullivan's Pharmacy, uh, and everybody at Carney's of Cork. They would treat their brilliant bus drivers. So good morning to all of you. We'll do some more shout-outs in a half an hour's time. So text who you are and where you are to 0868-104-106. Um, what have we got? Frank is standing by. Alan is standing by. Annette is standing by. Sinead first. Sinead, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Um, not the easiest thing in the world to uh, to relive past events. So so no. thank you for coming on air. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. Well, this happened about 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. In the bus station in town. Right. Uh, myself and my friend, we were getting the bus to Shannon Airport. And so I needed to go to the toilet and she stayed downstairs with the bags and I went upstairs to go to the toilet and I started to go to the toilet but I heard a ruffle over overhead and I looked up and there was this young fella looking over at the top of the cubicle and he had his phone in his hand. He was either taking a picture of me or recording me and I left a roar out of me. I said, oh, what are you doing? And I pulled up my pants. I ran out of the cubicle and he ran after me. And I don't know, do you know that, you know, at the top of the stairs, you have to put in money. Yes. To let uh, The barrier has yeah. to go around. Yeah. So. There's I no way in if you, if you don't do that, is there? Well, he jumped it. You can jump it. Okay. Thank I, you. I went up, I'm so small, I was, I'm only five foot, so I was able to go under it. So he jumped it like a horse and he chased me right down like a spiral staircase, you know, it's, it continues going down and down and he chased me the whole way down and he had his hand out, it was all on CCTV and I was able to see it afterwards and Wait. he was going to hit me over the head. 
What the heck mm. is going on there? What so happened when you got I down? Did you find your friend? Down, or what good job. I had flat shoes on me because I would have been a goner. I came down and I couldn't talk. I was just kind of oh, screaming. And they probably thought that it was a domestic. So people didn't come over to me. And the bus men were around and they came over and they said, are you okay? I said, he was in the toilet. He was he was hiding in the toilet and I couldn't talk properly. But anyway, they calmed me down and they brought me into the office and they put on the CCTV and we could see everything of us coming out of the toilet Correct, and yeah, yeah. jumping the barrier and me running down the stairs. The guards were called and they said, when I come back from my holiday, go and give a statement. So I did. I went, I gave a statement and nothing was done. Not much of a holiday, I'd say, Sinead. I know. You know, hard <laughs> to put that out of your head. Barely, oh, yeah. Oh, watching the CCTV, it was like watching a film. So I followed it up. I, I rang the guards and I said, there's nothing happening. You know, this was weeks later and the Bangarda said, well, look, he's, um, he's an, a respectable young man. He comes from a good home and um, we're just going to leave it be, really. I said, but that doesn't matter. You know, he, he'll do the same to other people. God knows how long he was hiding in the toilet. <sighs> that guy needs help. I mean, yeah. he just needs help. And also, as, as well as guard, as well as a prosecutor, but certainly help. Yeah. No, it was on the paper then a few months later that he got a fine. Now my name wasn't mentioned. Okay, so they didn't let they didn't let it go. Then he he if he got a fine, did he have to go to court? Yeah, I was like a hundred and fifty. And that was it. Fine. That was it. But I never knew about that. It was my brother that spotted that on the echo. And you're sure that the fine was for your incident? Yeah, yeah, the girl in the bus station. Yeah, I still have the clipping at home. I kept it. But, it but do you think it was an eye? Do you think you were the only person this happened to in the bus station? No, not at all. It, it, the Vanguard told me that it happened in McDonald's as well. He was taking pictures of young children over the top of the cubicle, going to the toilet, and he was caught for that. His phone was taken off him and there was images on his phone. And nothing was done about that. Huh? That was 10 years ago. Would that they, was 10 years would they ago. view it very differently now, 10 years later, I wonder? Because mm. for me, that, that, that's very, very worrying that you have a person mm-hmm. in society like that walking around doing yeah. those kind of things more than, you know, on a num- number of, who knows how many times, you know? That's right. And he went in there to the bus station before work to do that. So he's over the top of the cubicle filming you. He's doing the same yeah. in, the, in in fast food outlets, filming yeah. filming children. And the only court appearance ended up at a, with a hundred and fifty or a fine. Yeah, yeah, which right. I didn't know about until my brother said it to me. Yeah. So no, no, and no, he's still walking. He was young. He was only in his twenties. So, but he's not a minor. He's mm. he's an adult. No, he knows yeah. he clearly knows right from wrong. Unless, yeah. unless for instance, this guy is psychologically disturbed. But that yeah. wasn't even looked into, was it? No, obviously not. Because I tried to follow it up because I just didn't want it to happen to somebody else. Well, it did. It wasn't an isolated case. Your one. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but in McDonald's, nobody came forward, you see. The Vanguard had told me that, no one. But I said, I'm coming forward now. But now we know, we know of, of um, yeah, you did come forward and you did all mm-hmm. the right things and you pushed and you pushed. And now we also know that, that the parents were bringing children into, in this case, unfortunately, mm-hmm. McDonald's. And there was a character filming, filming their children over the top of the cubicle. Yeah. Yeah, and he over the top. And so that's why parents bring their kids. I mean, you, you, certainly yeah. smallies, tiny toddlers, you always would have done that. But they're yeah, even vigilant yeah. now when their children go that's to the right. bathroom. Yeah. And um, sure, that, that boy is probably still out there doing oh whatever. Oh, my God. You know? Yeah. So I just wanted to, to tell you about that incident anyway, Neil. You're very kind. And Thank you for that. All I right. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Very, very Have disturbing. Have a good weekend. Okay, you Take too, Sinead. I really Bye-bye. mean that sincerely. Have a good weekend. Uh, you wonder whether or not um, that kind of uh, reaction or, or response 10 years ago, you would. I would hope that it's very different now, you know, that you know systems kick in differently. Uh, back after the break, text 0868104106. Actually, I'll tell you what, I'll talk to Annette and take a break then because she's been holding for quite a long time. Annette, good morning. Good morning. And, and I know yeah. that you're under pressure, so I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. You, you want to talk about yeah. another vigil that's planned, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So I decided to uh, put together a vigil for Mallow Town tonight at 7 o'clock. Okay. So we're going to meet in the um, little car park and walk from there out onto the park road and head up towards the top of the town and stop at St. Mary's Church then. And we're going to leave our candles on the wall of the church or our tea lights, you know, um, just as just to create a memorial spot for Ashley for people in the area. And um yeah, so we're just, you know, hoping that people will, will take the opportunity to show solidarity with Ashley and with her family and the the most horrific yes. thing that they're going through now. Yes. Yeah. You know? And um, yeah, so I've, the guards are going to be there to make sure that there's no issues, you know, with walking. Ah, um, oh, that'll be fine. You'll that. be fine. Yeah, that'll be fine. They're there to help and look after you. Yeah, 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 and the council are going to uh, make sure that there's no issues with the candles on the wall and that sort of stuff. You know, I know. Yeah, the housekeeping. Covered. Seven o'clock at Lidl Car Park. Yeah, uh, and walking yeah. to to the church candles Absolutely. lit. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and you know, Neil, just to mention as well, um, you were talking to Mary Crilly there about you know girls having. Um, things in their hands, you know, to use as weapons if required. My daughter normally lives in Cork, she's in New York at the moment, but she has um, a thing in her keyring that looks like cat's ears and it's like her fingers go through what would be the eyes of the cat and it's a metal object and the ears then become a weapon basically if it's required. Sharp weapon, Uh, is it? Well, I wouldn't say it's like two, like two pointy cats. Oh, listen, I'm no problem with that. I've no, I've no problem yeah. with that. You better believe and, it. Um, and wh- is that when she's in New York or when she's here or always? It's, it's when she's here. Well, I presume she's using it in New York. I presume she still has it so on her. So it's always in her hand, is it? It's always in her hand when she's out, yeah, when she's out on her own. Yeah, absolutely. And she lives in a house with three other girls and each one of them also has something similar as well, along with all of her friends. There so is this, no is more, this, is more of the, this is more of the checklist that we hear about. It is. It is, yeah. There is no girl that I know of of Alicia's age uh, that doesn't have a weapon of some description. Every one of them does. Every one of them has something in their hand, and in their hand at all times when they're out on their own, daylight or nighttime, it doesn't matter. And they talk of. I just listened to the girls talking because I had two of them here for Christmas dinner this year. 
And, um, you know, and I just heard them talking about times when they're, you know, just walking along the street and it could be starting to become dusk. And this is in Cork City now, you know, it could be starting to become dusk. And as soon as that time changes, you know, from night, from day to going into night time, their, their, their senses are heightened straight away. They're, they're on guard straight away. They don't, automatically, they don't feel safe. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, I mean, you know, you can imagine now there's a man walking down the street minding his own business. That's right. Nothing of it. Yeah. But, like, straight away, the girls are like, okay, we'll stop, we'll take a phone call, we'll do something, we'll turn, we'll go down a different street. That man has no intention of touching them, but they don't know that, and they will change their path route to yeah to um just to double back on them or go a different route just in case and that is every day of the week and that is what girls have to deal with all the time it wasn't dusk it wasn't dark freshly murphy it was right in the middle of the day four o'clock in the day probably earlier which is even scarier because that was a public place that girl felt safe to go for a run. Running along the canal where other people yeah. would be. Where other people were probably walking against her, out walking their children, walking their dogs. She felt so safe to go out for a walk yeah. her talk or out for her run yeah. that day. Yeah. And the sad reality is she was not safe. And the majority of our young girls out there are not safe. How would her pa- There's safe. a beautiful photograph of her in the papers this morning with her so entire family, her. mother, father, so big, big brother there as well, a big beaming yeah. smile on his face. And the photograph is of her graduation. Uh, how yeah, how would parents, how would parents recover from that? Uh, you can't. You don't. Nobody will recover from something like that. Never. How do you her live parents, with it? Her parents will only, forever now, will only ever exist. They will get on with their life because they have other family to do so but that, you know the, the, the real you know the real meaning behind their life is gone not just because it was Ashley and it could have been any one of their children but because one of your children has been so cruelly taken from you you will never ever recover from that and all they will ever do now is just carry on and just exist and carry on with life I mean I lost my baby at 21 weeks she was still born I carry on with life because I had other children yeah and uh, totally different circumstances, obviously, for Ashley's parents. But the loss of a child... No, it's you, still mourning a loss. Yeah. You just still carry You just still carry on. You have to carry on because you have made a commitment to these other children that you have brought into the world. So you carry on. But there is always, always a piece of you missing and there is always a light missing in your life. Always. And I cannot imagine that that is the route that those poor, poor parents are going down now because it's just... it's It's so... Unbelievably horrific what they're being put through. Okay. For absolutely no reason. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. What an absolutely. awful, awful waste of a wonderful life. It's just, yeah, beggar's belief. So, okay, look, nice. as I said, T- tonight we're, then. We're having the, yeah, we're having that tonight just to show solidarity, I suppose, and to show, try and show some sort of strength. Maybe the family might get some strength out of knowing that people are, are remembering their The girls. country's rallying around them, and not just yeah. Ireland, but overseas as well. Yes, Seven o'clock this evening in Mallow from Seven Lidl Car Park to the we'll Pagan Leaving. Straight away at seven o'clock, no delays. Yeah. Okay, take, take care. Good luck Thank tonight. Thanks, Annette. Appreciate the time. Thank All you. the best. Bye-bye. Cheers. You know, you talk about living with grief. Uh, it just reminded me yesterday, I eventually got to watch Anne. Um, it's the, I think it's an ITV three part, or I think it's an ITV. You might catch it on a player or something, or whatever. Maybe you've seen it, maybe you've recorded it. It's the story of Anne Williams, uh, and it's a powerful documentary drama. I think Maxine Peake is one of the greatest um, uh, female actors 
coming out of the UK in a long, long time. She is incredibly powerful when she gets into the part. And it's the story of Anne Williams, who was a campaigner for the victims of the Hillsborough disaster, 1989, um, 97 Liverpool fans died at Hillsborough Stadium in Sheffield. And there was inquiry after inquiry and there was report after report. And 20, 21, 22 years later, uh, they had got nowhere. They'd take one step forward, the families, and two steps back. But she never gave up. She ultimately, uh, eventually read, I think she wrote two books on the subject. She lost her own son in the Hillsborough disaster. And of course, for many years, those in authority from the police down were blaming the fans. Um, you probably know the history of it. Um, but she never, ever gave up. And uh, it's very, very sad. I wouldn't want to overly spoil it for you. You don't have to be a football fan. You don't have to be a Liverpool fan. Um, although it hurts more if you are, I think. Um, you know, with a, a story like this when you hear of the deaths. and Because this, the community of Liverpool is just such a wonderful community. It is one of the reasons why... Uh, you know, if I were to follow any football team, it probably would be Liverpool because that sense of, um, you know, camaraderie and togetherness within the within the city itself. Um, but she lived um, a much shorter life than she should have done and died of cancer at a very young age. But she's a powerful woman, Anne Williams, and uh, Maxine Peake plays her part. It's worth checking out over the weekend, that three-parter, if you're interested. Hey, it's Kira. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from 7am and wake up your weekend with music, chats and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast on Red FM with me, Kira Revens. It's just certainly the right song at the right time, uh, Enrique Iglesias and Hero, for a lot of different reasons. I know uh, it has to do with celebrating Cork's Red FM turning uh, 20 this weekend, but it's just a very powerful song in its own right. Um, and I tell you why, it's uh, a text that I got just um, exactly 20 years ago. My beautiful friend Nicholas Sweeney was murdered in Rochestown in a violent attack. Uh, she was in her own home and she was only 20. All this news of Ashling brings all of the heartbreak break, all of the heartbreak back. Uh, we played "Hero" by Enrique Iglesias when her coffin was carried out of the church. I know you're playing it this morning. May we also remember Nicola Sweeney? Um, so thank you for that text, and I'm happy to oblige in that regard. Uh, we also, of course, are you know celebrating at the same time as we talk about the awful tragedy in Tullamore. The radio station turns 20 years old this weekend. And we're playing music from 2002. I want to congratulate Elaine Leahy from Meadow Park Road in Ballyvalan uh, scooping 200 euro cash on that song. So that's uh, that's nice for you, Elaine. Congratulations. New year, new number for Neil. 0818-104-106. Okay, and of course, Red FM turns 20 uh, this weekend. Back in 2002, it came on air. Very small beginnings, humble beginnings. But now Cork's Red FM, if it could speak, would probably say something like, what do you think of me now? 20 years later. So celebrating that this uh, weekend and today, 200 euro cash every single hour. We're playing tunes from 2002. We've already done Atomic Kitten. We've done Enrique Iglesias. So Elvis versus JXL. It's another one from 2002. So that's what you're listening out for to win 200 euro cash. Here's a snippet of it. Thank you very much. So we'll play that entirely uh, between now and uh, midday. Call it 10 wins, 200 euro cash on 0818104106 when you hear it in its entirety. Also, talking about musical events, we also have uh, two 150 euro vouchers for Satori Clinic at Langford Row in the city. 
fancy one of their therapies? Well, you could take some acupuncture or some cupping or some acupressure. They have the therapies and skills that could help you. So 150 euro vouchers, two of them, two of them, sometime between now and midday. And it's all about the new you in the new year. So the songs that I have stitched uh, back to back all have something to do with new. Uh, So when I open the phone lines, and I will, sometime between now and midday, you need to identify artists and titles in the correct order. If you're a loyal, long-time listener, you know the drill. Everybody loves him. And he's holding on. Suddenly everything's right. I said, hey, it's turn me forever. Turn me Actually, that third song is interesting because it reminds me, I can't tell you what it is or who it is, but way back in the back end of the 80s, talking about radio stations coming on the air, um, I was first on the air for a radio station called Radio South way back in the day. It morphed into different radio stations and went from strength to strength. But that third clip there was the first song played uh, on that radio station way back in 89, I think, uh, 89, maybe early 90. Uh, so that wasn't today or yesterday. Meanwhile, Free Food Friday, courtesy of ourselves, an Oak Fire Pizza. Your opportunity to feed 15 of you with uh, six large pizzas, garlic breads, potatoes, dips, drinks and desserts. And you have about 15 minutes now to get in a final who you are and where you are. Text to 0868104106. Let me do some shout outs, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, for everybody at ERA, Downey McCarthy on the South Mall, they'd love some pizza. To the dispatch team in Roadstone and Balancholic. Uh, pizza for my twins, Ryan and Sophie, who are 15 today. And also to celebrate my sister's girlfriend, who's uh, due her baby today. To everybody at Joe Crowley Oils, Phelan Pharmacy in Cork City are listening. To everybody in House of Herrick and Sale. Morning, Sandra and Arlene. Hi to everybody at Johnson and Perrett working from home with their housemates apparently. Hi Kevin. Uh, as well as everybody at Little Island Transport in, Bala- in Carrick Tool who are working hard in the garage in the workshop. Uh, to Chris Shine in Carrick Tool who's grinding welds on a trailer all day today. To all of the staff at Argos and Mahan. All to Domus as well. They've moved into a new pizza and they'd like to cr- a new office and they'd love to christen it with pizza. Uh, what have we got here? Listen to the show every day uh, and always talking about how wonderful it would be to take a lunch break in our kitchen showrooms, says Ken and Eve from Callan Kitchens in Bandon. ECI, JCB and Carrick Tool are listening. Uh, somebody's suggesting we should just send pizza to Mary Curley and all of her volunteers and staff um, and her team who are so sick and so tired. Maybe pizza would boost their mood. Um, she was lifted by the candles on the doorstep. Pizza might help further. That's a lovely thought, Dee, in Killeen's. Uh, Lens Life, working hard all week up in Dublin we- or Dublin Hill. Brothers of Charity, Clona Dairies, Cullen View Interiors, uh, and just one or two more. Don't forget the people working from home. Uh, my daughter's doing contact tracing from home in one room. I'm in another room working hard on accounts. Put away the accounts. It's Friday. The weekend's ahead, Anna. Park the numbers and the sums for now. Everybody at Pat Dalton's Pharmacy and my son Aaron, who will be soon hitting the two-year anniversary of working from home. So thank you for all for your loyal listening. We'll do one more bunch of shout-outs in about 20 minutes' time. Lines are open for all of the business, 0818104106. There are a lot of vigils planned. I've mentioned at least three, possibly four already, and there's more. Maria says there will be a vigil, a candlelit walk in memory of Ashling Murphy at 7 o'clock up the Mangala in Douglas. So Douglas doing its bit as well. All are welcome at 7 p.m. I am assuming, I'm going to take a flyer on that, that it's today. It doesn't say. So maybe we could just clarify that on their behalf. 7 p.m. at the Mangala. Meanwhile, Alan, good morning. 
Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm well, thanks. And well done to you. Sunday evening, you have something planned in Middleton. We have um, myself and the Middleton Christmas Lights Committee. Um, we've got a vigil planned from 6 p.m. in the Baby Walk in Middleton. Yeah. Um, so we're just asking people to come along with, with their candles and things of that sort of respect. Um, we've got the local man as well playing a bit of uh, traditional music in the in the background, just highlighting Ashton's love for, for uh, music and things like that. Ah, she was an incredible musician. She was yeah, she played fiddle, she played uh, tin whistle, she played flute. She was learning the notoriously difficult difficult illum pipes. She you know she was always challenging herself. Yeah, yeah, such oh, such, such such a shame, really. But, um, I, I can't yeah, get over the family photograph, the most beautiful photograph of her mother, her father, her sisters, yeah, her brother, and herself. Oh, my God. How would you ever recover from that? So, okay, so we're, we know now of Middleton also being involved. We were talking with Mallow a little while ago. So that's, um, let's just recap, 6 o'clock on Sunday. You're asking people to bring a candle and a single flower, is it? Yeah, um, we, we we talked about flowers and things last night, and we, we, a single flower is probably ideal rather than bringing whole bunches and things like that. You know, just yeah. because of the plastic. Yeah, and yeah. It's a, it's a single flower can be very powerful and very significant, exactly. incidentally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're asked to meet where? Are you meeting earlier, or what's the deal there? It's, it's the baby walk in in Middleton at six p.m. Okay. Um, it's the small park down by the boat down by the river. Okay, um, well done. That's sorry, but there's, there's an, I've seen another one here. I don't know whether it's connected to you. On Saturday, there'll be an event to mark Ashling's passing. The public grass to meet outside the Heritage Centre at four o'clock. Uh, didn't know about that one. Now uh, yeah, we, we, yeah. we we looked around last night and we didn't see any. So no, no this so we, is just uh, another one. This is a four o'clock walk and a jo- or a jog along the lower road to the five foot way to mark our passing that's for Cove incidentally I'm not saying it's you it's another one happening in Cove but for you it's Sunday evening six o'clock candle and a single flower yeah in the baby walk in Middleton that's it fair yeah. play to you nice one Alan thank you so much everybody's on board all of the towns all of the villages all over the country are doing something will it make any difference well it certainly will pay our, our respects of course to Ashling and her beautiful beautiful family thank you Emer. the Douglas get together and walk and vigil in the Mangla is tonight at 7 o'clock okay tonight in 7 o'clock so there's a lot going on uh, and I'd imagine there's no area that's being left out at this stage because we know of, of at least two in the city. And no, three actually happening in the city and many of the suburbs and satellite towns. Do you remember earlier on this morning I was talking about self-defense and people were telling me stories of how they defend themselves. Some carry weapons. They have a, you know, a checklist every time they go out, women. Others were saying that they got uh, self-defense courses either for themselves or their daughters. Uh, Frank Murphy is a retired self-defense instructor from Murphy's Masterclass. I think he might have been the very first Taekwondo black belt on Leaside. Uh, Frank, good morning. Hi, uh, Neil. Thanks for, thanks for having not me. Not at all, pal. Um, not at all. I just thought it helped help uh, the ladies out there and the women. And I've, uh, I have... Uh, in my in my own life, and such tragedy, and uh, condolences to Ashling and her family. I don't know how they're going to get over that, but here's a help, Tanny lady listening out there. I'll just run through these, uh, Neil. I know you were saying this morning that every woman nowadays have a, a checklist, and if it's not a, a written down checklist, it's in their head somewhere, stuck in their psyche. But here we go. Um, when you're walking outdoors, if you're, I'll do the basic ones first, and then I'll do the kind of harder ones, and I'll progress harder, harder into, and I'll finish with driving a car. So the first ones are 
very basic first. If you're walking outside, stand up straight and look and look straight ahead as if you have a purpose. You know, don't don't be dawdling and don't be looking at building. Like for example, if you didn't go into there, if you didn't if you weren't inside Pan enough for a long time, like I live in Mitchellstown at the moment, and if I, my daughter was going up, she's going up now. Actually today. And if she's walking along the street, I said, don't be looking and gazing up at the shops because a person will see that. And a mogul is looking for for someone who's completely switched off. Distracted. Not even, they're not even in the game, Neil. They're, they're, they're completely out of it. And they're looking for when your guard is down. And what they'll do, they'll try to engage in conversation about to gain a bit of trust. The minute your trust is down, bang, you're gone. So the first thing is, when you're walking outdoors, walk with a purpose, get off the bus or get out of your car. And even if you don't have a purpose, walk as if you have one. That's the first thing. The other thing is, if you're talking to somebody, if somebody asks you a question, like they're very clever, um, like what they'll do is, apart from the usual one, like have you got a cigarette, have you got money from the hostel, you know, the, the, usual, the usual guys. Not everybody looks like a thug. Not everybody looks like a flipping out, spaced out druggie, you know. Yeah. Some of them would be very, very discreet. And they'll come up and say, eh, I, I know you, don't I? Did I work with you before? Did I work? Did I go to school with your sister or something like that? And what they'll do is, as your brain is kind of engaging the conversation, then they'll snack it in or they'll, or they'll rob your phone or they'll something. So that's what they're trying to do. So you have to be very careful when you're, when you're actually, your physical body language is of the utmost importance when walking. So up straight, eyes in front, and that's it. Um, I, I use it okay because one number one is is connected to number two. I get what you're saying there. Oh yeah. Uh, are you saying that that women shouldn't engage or that people shouldn't answer a question or give directions yeah. or give somebody a light or anything like that? Right. Well, if you're if you're walking along the street, walk with the purpose, like I said. Or you know, you don't have to be walking like a crazy lunatic. But if a person comes up and say like the uh, usual ones, or have you got the time? Very clever one as well as they come up and say, listen, um, they show you a little bit of a map. Look, is that Paul Street or is or Paul Street the other way? And and then they're they're trying to be as as lost as they can. They're trying to drop. They're trying to drop your guard. And 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 if you have to engage them in any conversation, talk. Say, look at stone that we point to, but keep walking. Yeah. Don't 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 engage with these guys at okay. all. Do okay. not engage with these guys at okay. all. You know, uh, if if you make a mistake, okay, so what? But you're still alive. Okay, you know, okay. that's it. If you're if you're on a bus or on a train, don't slouch. The same thing. Sit up straight and look around and. And uh, even in a coffee shop, I'd be a bit worried. Like, listen to me, I'm not Jason Bourne or anything. <laughs> but but, but these, these those basic things. Do you know their, um, the, 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 the slant of the conversation this morning on the radio was that women won't have to do that. Um, unfortunately, I do that myself. I get, I'm a bit old, I'm a bit old now myself, and I'm 66. And I, I'm a bit worried walking in a long town. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I, and, and you would be like after hearing this. I'm sure a lot of blokes as well are, are saying to themselves, "Jesus, better be on the ball." So, if you look like a victim at all, at all, at all, in your body language, you're, you're, they're only waiting. Remember, they've all day long, they've all day long to suss out you walking up along the street or the way you're talking, and that's it. Another very important one is um, there was a girl on this morning. There, she was. She said she was running up by Rathmore Road or something like that. I kind of, I was kind of getting. She got punched. But, yeah. She got face. punched, yeah, but she kicked the dog first, so she reacted back. Now, what happened was, if you if you listen to all these songs, what happened? There's a comment that I'm running through a lot of days. She she needs to there. She's fairly strong. Even she she sounded very assertive there on the radio this morning. So she's a competent person, and 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 she kicked that that comes across. And she said, "I'm always, I was always old. I was always running." But she said, "When your man belted with the small guy, it came out of nowhere." Now, when you get a belt out of nowhere. Your whole adrenaline is going to kick in. You have a distortion in time. You have a distortion in, in space. 
all that and they're hoping they're hoping to knock you out so much but they're trying to knock you out psychologically as well I'm sure if she if, she, if, she, if that other young fella said to her um, listen my dog is going to attack you there and what are you going to do about it if she need to give him a box back or she fronted him I'm sure that would that would be a completely different thing yeah. but you know like when they ever interview um, women after a violent attacks the first thing said Jesus he came out of nowhere I don't know where that came from no, no, they didn't come out of nowhere. You were on their radar for about 10 minutes before you walked in. So you're walking down Pana, you're already on their radar, right? You're already, they're already talking, they're talking, they're, they might be talking about 30 people a day, but then they'll just get one guy, hands in the pockets of one girl, hoodie on, headphones on, stuck in the phone, all over, Sam. Just all over, you're, you're gone, you know, mm-hmm. so you're on the ball there. The other one is, a very clear one is, you have to be very careful of overhead conversations. Do you ever see a lot of group of teenage kids there? They're having a chat and they might get um, a, lot, a lot of fellas as well. What they do, muggers, is they're listening to an overhead conversation subtly at the side. So they're talking away and one girl is calling the other girl, Sally, they're calling the other, is, is calling the other girl, um, Maria or something like that. And next thing, um, one guy, uh, one guy kind of, uh, or the, the mugger actually hears the name Maria to one girl. So he says, her name is Maria. So after when he follows him and he said, oh, hi, Maria, how's it going? So the girl drops her guard. She senses that she, because your man already has a link to her yeah. because he heard the over conversation, overhead conversation. That's a killer. You have to be really careful of the overhead conversations. Now, I, I don't want to have anybody paranoid <laughs> with their boxing guard walking down pan every <laughs> Like That's going to be... There's a lot to take in and that alone, you know, everything you've said so far. Yeah, and I'm only, and this is basic, like, this is, I, I would teach this in a basic self-defense. I, I taught a self-defense course there the other day and I got him once to come outside the gym and I said, walk up and down the road, let me see how you walk. And I said, okay, you're walking all wrong. You walk in. I thought I was stupid, maybe giggling, but like, it, it's, self-defense really, you should have the attitude of it. It's like swimming. You know, I can swim because if I fell into a river, I could, I could, I'm not a race but I can swim. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and I can, I can drive a car. You, you, they're just, and these are basic stuff. These are basic stuff. Okay, so I'm going to move on to more harder ones now, right? If you have no choice now but to walk alone, like some girls have, maybe they're working late at night or they have to go to the car park late at night or, you know, they're doing school or come from the, the UCC or coming from college. Here's a, here's a one if you have to walk late at night in a place that you're not, you're, you're not familiar with, okay? Yeah. Uh, again, walk as fast as you can. Try to scan the whole place as much as you can. I'd Google it as well before you, you before you get in there. Now, if you have a suspicion that you're being followed by some fella, if you think there's some fella walking across, you know you, you'd, you'd sense that he's coming, right? Obviously, you walk across the other side of the road. That's the first one. Now, if you feel, even if he didn't cross the road and follow you, and he's on the other side of the road, um. Try, try if you can to really suss out the series. If you feel that your life is threatened in any way, in any way at all, in any way at all, all the conventional rules of society goes out the window. Like you have to break a window if you have to turn over a coffee table if it means damaging your property, but saving yourself. That's all. That's all you want to do. If you remember back there, you had a lady. I think no, I could be wrong here. You had a lady called Sally Hannan from the. That's right. After victims crime. after crime. Yes. Yeah, and that shocked me because I that. That really, I tell you, man, you, you do a second grade radio show there, honest to God. It's, 
and as you know, that Mary Crilly, and there are just hairs on the back of their head. I so know, thank you. I yeah. think that lady there, Sally Hannon, was she with the criminal injuries, or sorry, was she with the support after crime? Wasn't That's it, it exactly, on, on Anglesey Street. And you know what? It's important to talk to individuals. Like I wish we didn't have to, and I'm quite sure they would agree exactly. with me there, but it's important to have the conversation going. Victims after crime are on Anglesey Street, and they do incredible work. They help people who've yeah. been subject of assault or any kind of criminality. They even go to court with somebody to help them along in that regard. They're they're and amazing. What, and this, and and what 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 scared the daily to me when when Sally Hannah was on with you there, she said that when you when you you know when you do when a fella gets assaulted and he's and he's and he's done it, and when you go to the guards, they'll say to you, look, uh, you we can take it, but I wouldn't kind of press that from you because they're a bit dodgy because that lady she said Sally Hannah she said when you go to court, the other guys will see you in court. Then you're a marked man. Then your your car is gone. Your house gone. But all that whole societal issue that all have to be ripped out at the core and stopped from here on in. This 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 should be a market thrown down. For God's sake, we should all rally around it. And I'm I'm only one bloke. I'm sure there's I hope there's other men out there. And by the way, we're not all crazy doing it. No, and that should be said over and over again. It's not all men. <laughs> I mean, no, I know that. That point this morning. That's uh, a very good point. Anyway, and anyway, so look, no, so so that's another thing. If you're following, another thing, what you could do as well is just. If you're on your own, right, and you're walking on, if you see some, like if you see a couple walking, or maybe two workmen walking, or two, two people walking, try to follow them as if you're with that crowd, if you're working with them. Or, or the last thing that you can do is invent the boyfriend, you know? Like look at your watch or say, David, will you come on? For God's sake, we'll be late. You know, so like if anybody's watching, I know it's very sad though isn't it it's like saying pretend to be on the phone it's awful it's to have crazy. to do any of that it's crazy it's crazy I know I know you were trying to turn people off to this morning but I, I'll finish off with just giving a few pointers and I think this is this is where a lot of people you know the Sinead case there where she was taken off guard which you know when you're in your car I think a lot of assaults from, from my experience anyway, happen in the transition Neil from, from your car let's say for example you're driving and you get up to the... Uh, I always park in Paul Street. So when you get up in Paul Street, I knacker after the drive. So you kind of relax, right? Because you're there, then you slip off the seatbelt. That's when they're going to attack. Because they, if, you're in, if you're in your car, and you get up, your guard is down, that's it. Um, so when you're getting from the car into the shopping centre, you, you, you could be approached there. That'd be very careful at that point there. And you can drop the guard then again when you're inside the shopping centre. So the chances are they'll have a hoodie and you won't see their face because there's clearly CCTV in all of those car parks. But you'd have a better chance if you were a little bit prepared. Y- yes, you're right. But at least I'd, I'd prefer to be prepared and be dead. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and the opposite is coming when you're, when you're finished your shopping. Here's another one. Like, you see, I, like my wife does this all the time and I flip and kill her for it, right? She, she, um, I, she killed me for saying this. When we, when we get into the car, when you, and it's just a natural thing to do. You know, you're finished shopping, right? And, and you're, you're, you have to put in the money into the, into the, into the, into the slot machine for the car. But we have the correct change ready as well, getting on trains and buses and, and you know, when you're getting in there, don't be opening your wallet and showing everybody how much you open your wallet. Well, that you know, should be advice for everybody anyway, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's common sense. Um, but you see, we don't do it. You see, we don't have the correct change ready. We forget these little things. But when you when you get in when you when you get into the car, you put the bags in the back of the boot or whatever, and then you get into the car. First thing is either on the phone or maybe check the radio. Not a bad mistake. They're, your your guard is down there again. That's when they're gonna. That's when they're gonna do it. And I'd also advise uh, women in particular when you're driving your car, try to go to the trouble of. You know how. Pain the acid is to get a parking space down here sometimes, especially in Cork, especially on Friday afternoons. Yeah. You get you get this kind of um 
you have to you have to oh look here's a space and you drive straight in. If you can at all reverse the car in if you're a woman, because if you can reverse the car in, at least when you get when you get out and you get into the car, <coughs> excuse me, you're looking out in front of the car. No, that's a simple common sense as well. For how many do? Oh yes, yes, that's perfect. Get it, get it, get your man is leaving there, look. And then you hop in. I know, and, I know. You know, that's another simple thing. And, and another basic stuff, like, like take, don't be having flashy things. like And, and, and I don't want to be sexist here, but don't be having pink jackets or pink or stuff inside the back of the car that indicates you're... you're oh, well, listen, I, I, you're saying don't, don't, don't. But unfortunately, that may well be a reality. But people should be able to, you know, and we need to create a society know, where it is possible. Like, yeah. it's, it's not all men, as, as we say, but like Anna no. says, it's not all men, but it is always men. She says men need to change their mindsets, their attitudes, yeah. their anti-women banter. There was a hashtag trending last night, hashtag not all men. And she says that was really inappropriate given the fact that she was hashtag she was going for a run was also trending. Trending. She says all yeah. women have experienced fear. Why should women change, hide, not walk alone? It's men that need to do the changing. I mean, that's just yeah. 100% and, true. And I, I'm as, I, uh, I'm, I stand guilty there, Neil, because as a man, sometimes I, part, I, I, part, part, I was partaking some jokes. Like, oh, I get onto the, in, in the tech one, the day we have, <laughs> we have the women's committee, you know? We have, uh, we have a women's committee as well. And I said to a guy only yes, I said, listen, if you're not careful, I'll grass you up to the women's committee. And I said, oh, so, shit, why no, am I saying that? Like, no, no, you should I, say that. You should, we should so, be calling people out. Yeah, but no, but I said it. So I said to myself, why did I say it? Because it's the wrong thing to say. Like, I know, no, you, you have to watch it, all your P's and Q's, you have to be politically correct. But this is so sensitive, no, Neil. I think it's just a call to arms for everybody. If, if there's any other right. defence instructors out there, they should just. I'm, I'm, I'm going to offer a lot of stuff free from here on in, because especially self-defence, it's just, it's trying to, trying, you have to try to get the conference back in, 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 in Our Lady Folk. I think that's the best thing to do and I think you, you do a great show and uh, congratulations to all the people who came on and uh, said Brenda there. She's not, or it was an old, it was an old there this morning she yeah, came on. that's right. My God, it was another sh- shocking day. Shocking but story. Not, I, I, what I do now is I shouted, I follow all these what I just said to there on, on an email. Please do, yeah, and maybe we can share a lot of it but a lot, a lot, a lot of food for thought there for people and I thank you for it, Frank. Take care. You're, you're welcome. You're welcome. Cheers. Anything. Okay. All, All right. There's man, a guy. Sure. Who, there's a guy who knows his uh, knows his stuff and what he does. Um, very busy, also apparently, with regards to his own taekwondo class, classes, Murphy's master class. Lines open. You can text 0868104106, and people are. Here's another very interesting one, and right on the money. Uh, Neil, it's like older men or dads saying you shouldn't wear this, you shouldn't wear that. You're asking for trouble going out in this or wearing that. It's the wrong attitude. It's women being blamed for men's behaviour. The older generation need to learn that it's not women's fault. It's men. Thank you for that. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. Can I just, I want to just take some time out because I got a text in to remind me and thank you for it, Adele. Adele O'Keefe is a 20-year-old girl on Leaside and she wrote a song last April and it was very popular at the time due to the Sarah Everard case um, and she has been back to remind me of that she says the song is about sexual assault and the fear women have walking alone she said I'd love if I could hear it uh, if I'd love if it could be heard by more people because it's always sadly very relevant uh, thanks very much thank you for getting back in touch Adele you're absolutely right the track she wrote and recorded is called To Go Home Call him now on 0818 Everybody loves him. Don't they? Oh, 
Sorry, two 150 euro vouchers for Satori Clinic right now. Pick up the phone, get dialing, call us 10 and 11 on 0818104106. Last batch of shout outs for our free food Friday. 15 of you will be fed with the biggest pizzas you've ever seen from Oak Fire Pizza and all of the sides. Good morning to everybody at Trigon Hotels, the Cork International Hotel, Cork Airport Hotel, and the Metrovolt. Love pizza and they love delicious Oak Fire Pizza. To all the staff at Shirley's Beauty and Laser Clinic in Glanmire after a very busy start uh, to the new year because of all of the vouchers over Christmas I suppose. Kilsara Inquiries in Ovens. Morning. I started a new job here this week and I'd love to share with the company. Says Shelley. Amari Ireland on Tremor Road. Listener Brain Engineering in Mitchellstown. HSS Hire Working. Harden Tivoli this morning. HSS. Uh, Alan Bailey Carpentry Services in Carrig Navarre. Working hard in Churchfield at the moment. Just a few more. First Steps Montessori in Bishopstown. Horgan's Garage in Kerry Pike are listening. FG, FGW Motors in Middleton. The DPT Depot in Dunmanway are busy. Joe's Edge Hair Salon in Blarney, Cork Distribution Little Island, the Bookstation in Douglas, Murnan and O'Shea, working very hard in the old Mallow Road. Uh, morning to them all. Built my house, actually. Paul Keane, slaving away at Glenon uh, Brothers in Farron Street in Fromoy. So that's the end of the shout-outs for today. We'll pick a winner in about five minutes' time, and then you will win uh, vouchers and go pick up the pizzas yourself then at whatever location from Oak Fire Pizza that works best best for you. Okay, so that's in about five minutes' time. Okay, I'm going to do as much as I can in the time that's allotted to me. Brendan is standing by. Um, just with regards to uh, the topic we've been dealing with this morning, tragic and all, as it is, the murder of Ashling. Uh, Una, good morning. Let me just see if I got my phone. Sorry, right. There you are. You were there all the time. Sorry. Good morning. Okay. Just um, just explain to me what you observed or came across. Well, I know. I'm just saying, last night, uh, my, my little girl, she's 10, her uh, Google account is linked to mine, and I was just doing looking up my searches, and I saw this, uh, That's a good idea that her Google is linked to yours. Well done on that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I see everything. But um, so I just saw this um, search, and it said that's what she said. And I was like, "What's that?" Because normally, you know, I'd be looking. She'd be doing Roblox or something, you know, to do with whatever her hobbies and things like that. And I just tapped it in, and it said. Um, sexual in, innuendo meme that's uh, very popular at the moment and it's linked to some sort of innuendos in The Office. You know the programme The Office? Oh, I'm starting to understand. Is it like, uh, yeah, that's not what she said last night kind of thing, is it? Well, it's actually, that's what she said. Yeah. Is the, is the kind of... Is it, but am I reading it right? Are you getting the same vibe yes. about that as I am? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's why I kind of you know, went further into it then, and and I just, you know, I read a bit about about it then, and I just called her in and I asked her what it was about, and she said, and I was kind of like a bit shocked because of everything that was going on yesterday with that poor misfortunate girl, Ashling Murphy, you know. Yes. My head was already full of all that, and I was saying, what, what, what am I seeing here? And I said it to her, and she said, oh. Uh, yeah, no, that's just something. A couple of the boys in school today were being really annoying in the class. Every time any of the girls said anything, one of the boys was saying, that's what she said, that's what she said. And they were all laughing. 
And I just, we were wondering what it was. And they, they're was so young and innocent, they haven't got a clue what they're saying. Do you think? Yeah, but you see, it, it affected her enough that she wanted to find out what it meant. So she did a search on it. And of course, all this stuff came up then. That's what kind of alerted it's, me. It's sexual, it's sexual and it's, it's, it's sexually related. Yeah, and you know, if you look further into it then, you know, it's kind of like, well, basically, I'm just saying, this is the kind of level of conversation that's going on even among that age group, you know, that they're, they're kind of... Yeah. Tapestry of vocabulary is being developed. As 10 year olds, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Because in later life then, you have all of this unacceptable banter... I, I, I can't speak for women on unacceptable banter, but I can for men. Um, and, yeah. and And it's it's demeaning, you know? Well, this is the thing, and, you know, I mean, a lot of the time, women feel under sort of peer pressure, rather than to contest this, they themselves feel that they should equip themselves with the information around this so that they can join in rather than even being able to contest it. And, uh, you know, I mean, when you look further into it, there, there's some research done and it, these um, jokes serve as an analogue to the rhetoric of rape culture by discrediting and even silencing victims. This type of humour conditions audiences and worse, to laugh at inappropriate sexual behaviour. That's right. And Mary Curley you talks know? about not laughing at it, calling it out, saying stop is what we should do uh, if you have friends. Um, male or female friends it should not be tolerated in any way, shape or form. Well, I mean, if children of this age are feeling under little girls are feeling at 10 you know, years old having to google a term yeah. and just because they said something that they didn't even know I think one of the girls said oh that's very tight and one of the little boys turned around and said this is how my daughter said it all started oh that's what she said and uh, no 10 year old no 10 year old should be having um, those sort of well, thoughts this is, this is what we have to look at and it's not that they'll all turn out you know to be maniacs attacking uh, women, but you know, oh you have God. to have the conversation. Oh and my God. It's not a ten-year. That's just not a ten-year-old mm-hmm. conversation. Well, it's happening. There, you know, I, I was shocked myself in the light of everything that was going on yesterday. I thought, well, to some extent, just as an just as an off product of that, it, it it can mean the social media or even mobile phones can be dangerous weapons in the hands of children. Oh, there. Well, this is it. With regards to accessibility. Well, I mean, we don't, it's very hard for us as parents to be able to anticipate, anticipate what children are coming up against and the level of conversation that's influencing them at such an early age. And of course, that 10-year-old, well, those 10-year-old boys didn't suddenly dream this up. It's, this is coming through, you know, probably seeping down from older kids and things like that. And so it's, it's, it's a whole cycle that's being perpetrated through social media that we have to stay abreast of if we're going to be able to have the yeah, influence for, over for, the, for, the, for them when they grow up into adults or young adults because I don't think it's just about the you know witnessing conversations it could be images it could be videos it could be access to pornography it could be being sent stuff that they don't want to see but end up seeing you know well, I mean, Jeffrey Daimler, the serial killer, uh, the prolific serial killer, if you watch any of his documentaries, one of the first things that he says is, don't allow your children to be exposed to pornography online. That's what happened to me. And that's, I'm not saying that's yeah. his ex- Yeah, well, that's, that's what the man what said. Did, yeah. But that's what the man said. Anyway, yeah. that's yeah. it. Yeah, if you're sent inappropriate messages or stuff or photographs or gifts or whatever the the case may be, um, 
it's probably a time where we all should say, just type back and say, that's not cool, that, that's offensive, don't send me that anymore. Don't send Absolutely. me that stuff, you know. Instead of laughing at it, and, you know, a lot of it is, or you're, you know, even for young girls, you're not cool if you're not in on the joke, even if the joke is about you, you know. I know, And I we know. have to teach our girls to be able to say, hang on, no, 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 I'm not, you know, this isn't funny, I'm not finding this funny. Stop. Okay, thanks, Una. They'll probably get laughed at again by, by the group, but they, you know, that's the resilience we have to keep. Yeah, well, it has to start somewhere. Thanks, Una. Thanks for taking the yeah, call. Okay. Have a lovely weekend. Yeah, Cheers. All bye, the best. Bye, bye. Lines will stay open. You can text anytime. Text 0868104106. If you have a story to share that we could pick up on next week, then please feel free to do so by emailing neil at redfm. Dot IE. Uh, the Satori Clinic winners, 150 euro vouchers for the final time this week for Caroline O'Donovan, Baker's Road, Grona Braher, and Carmel Griffin in Currabally in Cove. So congratulations to both of you, 150 euro vouchers. Free Food Friday winner for this weekend. Feed 15 of you and off you go and enjoy a good nosh, courtesy of ourselves and uh, Oak Fire Pizza. To all of the gang in Twilight News, Patrick Street, Paul Street and the bus station. So texting week in, week out, week in, week out, eventually a winner. So it'll happen eventually, hopefully for everybody. So morning to everybody at the three locations, Twilight News, Patrick Street, Paul Street and the bus station. I'm sure there's 15 of you and you add it all up. So enjoy the pizza and all of the sides, courtesy of ourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. Congratulations to you. Okay. That's a cracking song, brilliantly put together 20 years ago, 2002, number one for Elvis and JXL, a little less conversation, a little more action and congratulations because another 200 euro cash hangs on that song, Elizabeth Foley from Knockinamore in Ovens, hope I'm pronouncing that right is 200 euro better off on this Friday morning, congratulations Elizabeth right across the day today, there's cash to be won to celebrate the 20 years on air of Cork's Red FM it came on the air in 2002 and we're in celebratory mood not just today but right across the weekend so Phil Burke will pick it up uh, at midday and on we go I'm going to love you and leave you before I do just a massive response by text this morning much of which we will return to on Monday morning just a quick happy birthday as well if you don't mind so from the top down shout out my gorgeous daughter Chloe Healy 21 today great excitement in the house lots of love from ma'am so you know beautiful story wonderful family celebrating a 21st birthday and of course we think of Ashling Murphy's family at the same time who are far from um, I'd appreciate that guy on the air in what he is saying but isn't the problem the fact that women have to do all of these things he mentions to try to be safer why should women have to do all of this to be safe I know absolutely why oh why I read a story about a girl who knew uh, she was being followed. She ran to a total stranger, hugged him and whispered, I'm being followed. He walked her home safely. Uh, I know that man on the air with martial arts skills has a lovely intention, but please stop telling us to stand up. Stop telling us to t- to uh, walk confidently. Just stop. Yeah, I know. I understand exactly what you're saying by that and the the way it may have come across to you. But these are actually the skills that will be taught within a self-defense class or a self-defense course anyway. So please, it wasn't meant in any way to be condescending or to be um, in any way derogatory. It was meant from the heart. This is ridiculous. Getting women to walk properly. Come on. You should be addressing men and parents of men. That's where they need to start. Not with women changing their behavior. Start with men. I have nothing to say about that. I just 100% agree with you. Uh, I'm married to a man for 20 years and during the summer he tried to rape and attack me. 
and never in my life would I have thought he was capable of such a thing. If I didn't get away that night from my husband, I often wonder what would have happened. That is absolutely alarming. Uh, don't want to come on air, but I had to write in when I was listening to your show this morning about poor Ashling Murphy. Lord rest her. Uh, when I was a kid in Balancholic, a young woman got murdered while out walking her dog. Uh, in the local park, the regional park. I still to this day cannot walk down that park on my own. And the killer um, nearly did did a few years, only did a, merely did a few years and is now walking around Cork for the past few years freely. This is the problem. The consequences aren't tough enough. Sentencing. Uh, women live in fear and the perpetrators don't get punished accordingly. I've no faith in the justice system when it comes to crimes like this. And of course you are refling, referencing the tragic death murder, the killing of Rachel Kiley in Balancholic in 2000, killed by Ian Horgan. As a father to a daughter myself, I'm heartbroken and also very angry uh, over the murder of Ashling. I now wonder what punishment that man who did it will get. In some parts of America, he would be going to lethal injection for this crime. This poor family will never be the same again. Rest in peace, Ashling, says Tony uh, in Douglas. Um, can I, and just the, the one there from Barry, I just need to uh, get that one on the air before I go. And I can come back to all other texts yesterday because I just want to be very clear about this. He says, the terrible incident seems to have led, led this morning's conversation into men versus women. Uh, we, all, we all seem tired with the same brush because of what happened to that poor girl. But, Neil, if the guards don't know who did it, then there's nothing concrete to say it was even a man who did the attack. I'm trying to get my message across in a sympathetic way as I can. Apologies if anybody takes offence. Well, you, you, you may not just be aware that two witnesses did come, did come along on the, the walkway of the canal where Ashling was being attacked at the time. Uh, and they gave descriptions to the guardie of um, a male, and they even gave descriptions of what he was wearing. Uh, I hope that clarifies it for you, Barry. Um, have a good weekend, guys. Uh, I'll, I'll see you all Monday. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.